0: Everyone, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, aka Uncle Buffalino.
1: I'm Justin, and I am the proud owner of a new pair of Crocs, dude.
0: Oh, wow. wow. Camo
1: Crocs, man.
0: Camo Crocs seems like the natural thing for you. Hell
1: yeah. Real tree, son. With your
0: Jake the Snake socks. That's right. It's the only way. Yeah.
1: Photorealistic.
0: And what sort of pants are you wearing? Sweats. Yeah, but aren't those the wrestler pants? Like the, what do you call them? Ziba, what is, what is the Zubas? Zubas? These yeah. aren't
1: actually. These are uh, Zubas adjacent.
0: Oh, similar, pa- sim- similar pattern. Yeah,
1: these are like the oh, Marshalls there. Zubas. And I
0: assume that's what you wore this weekend, sir.
1: All, yeah, all weekend, okay. pretty much. What's going on? Yeah, nothing. You know, got some Crocs, uh new nice. hat. I'm trying to wear a new hat every time. Yeah, uh, I like it's a flights.
0: Very traditional. Right? Grave digger. Hell yeah. The, Dennis Anderson. The, uh, the, the large. Do they still call them monster trucks or is that offensive? Do we just say large trucks?
1: Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Pratt they still trucks. call them monster trucks. Yes, yeah. they still do.
0: American st- truck, Truck um, American style. Yeah, you a say size neutral truck. monster truck thing got off the ground. A-, okay. a Venti truck. Yeah. A venti <laughs> truck. Right. Yeah, yeah, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> on the, on the for, for, for us on the coast here.
1: Yeah, but, you know, a little frowned upon until they come out with them Tesla trucks. That's, that's the, the, the testicle yeah. truck
0: with the ball sack on the that's back right. of the yeah, trailer hitch? tesla A lot of those on Long Island. That, yeah. the, the further east you go, the more likely you are to see a <laughs> testicle truck on Long Island. Midwestern, eastern the, the Long little, Island. You know what I'm talking The little ornament hanging off the back of the trail hitch there. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. upsetting to
2: see them go away as soon as they came in, I suppose. I miss the truck nut. I really uh, do. You're you,
0: not... You're not going fishing in the same place as I am yeah. those things are... Things. Nah,
1: dude. Since 3D printers started fucking getting up. cheap now,
0: it's yeah. crazy.
1: It's going crazy. Yeah, get
0: your own heavy... All right. Listen, Tom...
1: All colors.
0: I made the mistake of... In the famous words of Five Finger Death Punch, yeah. bad, bad company. Okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is Justin over here yeah, me that's talking about... Yeah, that's a good record, man. The truck nut Sacks. <laughs> Tom... What are you doing?
2: How was your weekend, buddy? Uh dude, I got I got nothing. I was quarantined this weekend. I you know I don't have anything, but I had to double check cuz my sister had something and I waved to her from oh. across the room. You know how oh, it is. I know. So okay. I didn't do anything this weekend. I got a pair I got a pair of pants, we want to talk fashion. I got yeah, a pair dude. of pants on Amazon. Okay. Wow. Um they are a, a, a traditional Irish plaid look to which I said I um I I, I kind of had this conversation on Brosmortem, so I feel tired of it. But I have quiet legs, I found out. like I like wearing uh, loud shirts, uh, but I put these pants on and I was like, this is not for me.
0: Plaid pants has me thinking that you might be going down the ska route yeah. in your life.
2: There is a part of me that likes discharge and the verukers and things of this nature. D- discharge is ska. Well, no. <laughs> They're not yeah. Ska. I they are say Ska,
0: and you go discharging the Verruckers. They're, they're, not, they're not Ska. You know what I'm saying. Right, we're you know the my, tight pants. We're going to get my you know. man Skinhead Mel on here and yeah, get Break down Oi and Ska and everything for yeah, you. Yeah, dude.
1: Summer's coming. Can't we catch those real big fish?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh,
2: boy. <laughs> it's not all what I was saying, but uh, here we are. Uh, you know what
0: I will say? How was your week, Will? Well, you talk about traditional. I am traditional, and because I'm a gentleman, I would never wave at your sister, sir. Like you talked about. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I'm not waving at anybody's sister or anybody's mother out here. I'm a gentleman, goddammit. it. I respect you and your family members, but um, and and your dogs. I today I met a beautiful traditional English pit bull.
1: Oh, very a little, nice. A little
0: short. Scrunch, scrunchy guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they walk around hur, 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 with yeah, their just shoulders. Just compact.
1: Just hips. Just yeah, waiting beautiful, beautiful little lady yeah.
0: of a little uh, female English pit bull at the recording facility. First time recording there uh, today doing backup vocals for a Long Island band. I'm not going to divulge any more of the mystery. Spill the beans. Mm-hmm. Let the, I let the bulldog out the bag. I'm not going to let the cat out the bag.
1: Yep, You got to read the drops. Uh,
0: but I'll be promoting Take that when this band drops it. I was very excited about mm-hmm. the... Uh, 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 doing some vocals on this amazing music that these guys concocted. I'm not going to get in the genre. I don't want to give anything away. Um, that was beautiful. Uh, 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 yesterday, uh, we did a little bit of the old afterbirth rehearsal. Um, I get, again, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to give it all. Uh, I might even do it on a Patreon episode, but not for you're already getting enough for free out there. You got Joe a lot Republic. of
1: beans, they're about to spill. Yeah,
0: bro. I mean the beans are going nuts over here. But yeah, I um over the weekend we're afterbirth doing exciting things. You're gonna, yes. hear, you're gonna yeah. hear you're gonna hear you're gonna hear it stay glued to that afterbirth social media, all right? I'm excited, excited For that quadruple
2: for, album for you're social. coming out with. It, uh,
0: mm. yeah, there's there's uh, uh we're actually covering Operation Mindcrime. Right. Oh my and, god. and yeah, the Don't wall even. T- by Pink Floyd. No, don't even alright
1: <laughs> Don't even put the teas on.
0: Uh and then um, uh, before that, shout to Pyrexia. Saw the Pyrexia guys. They got a beautiful little uh, rehearsal uh, and recording facility that they've been uh, uh, constructing themselves, uh, uh, yeah. doing lots of work. Uh, the, the ceiling panels are beautiful. The chandelier is nice. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. Come get
0: a drink by the bar. Every, the couch oh, wow. is leather. That's, don't touch that. Don't throw up over there. It's Ooh. beautiful. Watch who you invite over. Stacked. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I was invited over. So thanks to them. Shout out to them. I had a beautiful experience. I heard some new material they're working on. Wow, nice. Beautiful music. Yeah, so shout out to Pyrexia. Everything was great over there. So I had. That's so I, I'm, cool. I'm on this death metal, like, roll right now.
1: Yeah, local. You're like, lo- uh, rolling in the local.
0: Yeah, rolling in the local, right? Uh, and, you know, everything's long. I, I don't know, man. Some of the listeners, we have some longtime listeners that may have caught on by now. It's a little bit of an open secret on the podcast. We're from Long Island. We're, yeah,
1: dabble. Yeah, we, every yeah. once in a
0: while we bring yeah. it up. You know what I mean? I have we, a mortgage. Yeah, we, I don't know. Will's got an accent. Is that what is that? Kansas City? I, I don't know. No, <laughs> he's, they're from Long Island. We, we we bring it up. So listen, I know we talk about it a lot. Anyone who's from Long Island generally talks about Long Island a lot. It happens. Uh, but here, but something that we brought up with uh, mm. with one of our most recent Long Island guests, Mikey Stack. Shout out to False Gods, yeah. uh, Long Island doom metal hardcore. Uh, aficionados. You can peep that episode. We talked about it, and it comes up sometimes. We have listeners in other states, other parts of the world, who, uh, you know, they hear the accent. They, they know New York. We say New York death metal. And, um, you know, sometimes people think the five boroughs. They think Long Island, maybe, if they're familiar. Some people even think Rhode Island, which Rhode Island is its own state. It's weird. Yeah, that's... I've heard that. I've heard people think Rhode Island is, no. Staten yeah. Island, maybe they get it confused. Right, right. Yeah. Get your passport. You're going there's, to New England. Yeah. Shout oh. to Rhode Island. We'll, I love we'll, that. We'll, 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 do, we'll hit Rhode Island one time, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. But what I'm getting at, there's a beautiful, wide-open, mm. amazing, mm. Uh, gargantuan, <laughs> Expansive epic territory. Like a rock. Yeah. Yeah, like a rock. Like a rock. North of (laughs) of of Gotham of New York City and Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about our brothers and sisters of underground metal to the north in the vast upstate territory of New York State. Uh and it's a conversation we touch on every once in a while, but let's get it out in the open. People say New York death metal and I'm not I'm not shout to NYDM, the organization, much respect. But when people say New York, I'm talking about the genre. People say New York death metal as a genre. A lot of times they mean suffocation, pyrexia, um, internal bleeding. And then people will say incantation, immolation, mortician, which shout and respect New York bands. But I almost feel like I have to make a distinction because, we, like, on Long Island, we can't claim it. We have to give Yonkers respect.
1: That's right. Absolutely. But, we have
0: to give respect you gotta, to where they're from.
1: You got to pay the toll. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. So that's what tonight's all about. Uh, and, you know, we're not just going to give you three guys from the boondocks in Suffolk County, Long Island, pretending like we're upstate boys. Uh, we're going to go right to the source. We're getting none other than uh, an expert himself, a man who has lived upstate death metal as an experience. I'm talking about none other than... Cannibal Cam Swores, uh known to uh, a lot of our listeners already as the man behind the Growl documentary. Uh, YouTube series of interviews and uh, documentary currently um, uh, under work. So we're gonna see if we can holler at him and get to the bottom of this whole upstate, Long Island, New York City distinction.
1: Hell yeah! Watch out, guys. I'm about to throw football upstate right now. Watch
0: out! Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: and I'm gonna ask him about Scott.
0: Yeah, we're not gonna <laughs> ask anybody about the Rangers vs. Buffalo game that's going on right now. It's
1: allegedly brutal.
2: Uh, and yeah. we don't in, talk
0: uh, sports tonight, baby. TBD. Right. Holler. <laughs> heavy hole podcast this is big will aka uncle buck uh with me as always my loyal co-hosts tom and justin hello and tonight our special guest from upstate new york uh and canada cannibal cam schwartz better known as the man behind the growl documentary uh to a lot of our listeners how you doing
4: uh freaking amazing actually thank you for uh for bringing me on here so we can chat some shit and i can get a little more pumped so i can listen to more death metal
0: hell yeah love it it's always refreshing
4: yeah, yeah, I, I feel like we're
0: two peas in a pod, man. Never get sick of the old death metal there. Um, and,
4: and 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 I mean, I just especially with I'm not I'm not gonna bring. We're not talking about fucking any of the, this COVID bullshit at all. But just the fact that we can't get together to hang out as much as I, I usually do or whatever, this feels nice because I like I. You kind of need that day eh? once in a while just to get together with some buddies, have a few drinks, you put on some fucking tunes. And then all of a sudden you're like pumped and jacked and you gotta listen to this, you gotta listen to this, and then it just starts going from there. But when nobody's fucking around to fucking share that with man, you are kind of just like, oh man, like fuck, man, like I'm kind of bored.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're, we're synthesizing it the best we can.
0: That, I mean, that's that's what why that's why we do the. I do the podcast for for me. <laughs> it, it keeps you. me going. Same reason you're yeah. talking about. Yo, fucking yeah, fucking
1: life finds a way, brother. That's yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Life finds, death metal finds a way in life. It's true, man. Uh, it's, it's true, man. And and um, like you said, man, we're not going to dwell on current events. There's enough platforms covering current events from every perspective, let alone my uneducated, caveman-like perspective that dwells yeah. on death metal. So tonight we're going to talk about our favorite topic, death metal. Um, and Cam, I know that you are an old school head. Uh, you, you were, you had the, uh, chance, I guess we'll say to, um, experience a lot of that classic upstate death metal firsthand. And before we get into that, just a little bit about yourself. I don't know how much you want to share, uh, but I, I, do know your last name is Schwartz and you shared something before we started the interview, uh, uh, real quick. Could you tell us, uh, it's not just a phonetic connection to Arnold Schwarzenegger with your last name, but, but
4: what else is there, uh, uh related? Well, my dad, like I I mentioned, my dad was born in the actual same city that Arnold was. Um, He's not sure if he remembers him during school at that time or whatever, but it was pretty much, I think he was born like uh, a few miles away from him. So there is somewhat of a Family connection. <laughs> wish. I
0: wish. Interesting. Well, maybe like you know, a hundred years ago, some cousin married someone, and the name. Cha- I, Honestly, I, I don't want to speculate. It's not my, not my place. We'll to just go. have to assume you're yeah. very strong. Next yeah. question. Yeah,
4: yeah. We're I, I, extra... actually, yes. actually I'm pretty wide. So, I, yeah. <laughs> need. Fuck
1: yeah, dude! Some sub-zero, plain zero. That's what we
4: say. <laughs> yes. I just watched Running Man. Fucking last <laughs> night. Right, <laughs> love I love it, man. Oh, I had to, I, cause you have to show these some of these kids, man. They they don't understand like the the 80s and the 90s and just <laughs> no. Arnold and uh, fucking Bronson and all that shit, right? Mm. So, so again, I'm yep. kind of going on this trip again where I'm just I'm I'm needing some you know in in uh, some active, fun 80s schlocky shit. So I was like, I need to watch fucking Running Man. i been it's been a while, right? So yeah. I put it on, man, and I was just glued. And then, you know, the kids are like, "What's going on? What's this? What's that?" I'm just like, "Shut up and watch, man, and uh, learn." Uh, yes, uh, exactly.
1: Uh, my my fiance loves the the MTV show Catfish, and I just uh, I think yeah. a way better format is the Running Man format, where you have to uh, uh, trials never... and tribulations uh, to meet your internet love. That's, I, uh, I, I like yeah.
0: real like fishing, fish going fishing. That's what I'm, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll go fishing. Hey, Cam,
1: while, <laughs> we're splintering
0: while we're talking fast <laughs> and loose. Cam, do you go fishing? Have you gone fishing in your life?
4: Uh, my parent, my grandpa uh, was born in Huntsville, which is about six, seven hours away from here, up north Canada, and uh, he pretty much grew up uh, shooting bears and moose and all that shit. So. When soon as i was born getting into that side of my mom's side of the family we always went up north we always went to the lakes we always went fishing cottages cabins tenting all that stuff so yeah I, i i grew up fishing on a boat i grew up trolling i grew up fucking doing all that stuff it's just unfortunately there i just haven't had the time to Get out as much as I want to, because my dad. I mean, you know, my dad still loves this stuff. He loves doing this, all this shit. And uh, I'm trying to get my kids to, you know, still be a little enthused about just sitting there and staring at water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Start with Running Man,
2: you know, like yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) ease them
0: into it. Ease them into it, man. (laughs) That's right. Wow. Well, that's that's my my experience fishing is admittedly a little bit more Tommy Bahama style. where, Where we are, we are here on Long Island. But um, uh, that's just a question we like to ask from time to time. Yeah. We talk about fishing. The and ju- uh, one second, it just
1: just uh, tune in for future heavy hole podcast about uh, the best metal playlist to listen to while you're staring
4: at water. I think Do that's we very, we think decided it's very doom metal
0: is good for fishing because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's patient. Yes, exactly. Yes.
4: Oh yeah, interesting. But yeah, doom metal totally.
0: But tonight's not about doom metal. It's about upstate New York, and we and we talked. Um, Uh, before we get into that uh cam we just want to know a little bit about your your upbringing in terms of uh i know that you yourself were in a band known as mangled at one point what role
4: did you play in the band i was uh i was pretty much the guy the guy um (laughs) i I hired my buddy he was my best friend so he came on bass my buddy dan uh we didn't have a drummer out so i was guitar and vocals um at the time and then we pretty much told our one friend you're playing drums with us you got to fucking buy a set of drums and you got to figure the shit out. <laughs> so um we ended up doing I think our the first our first band was called Scabs and we were just trying to do some noisy covers like trying to be like an Anal cunt or a Meat shits or just stupid shit like that, right? Simple simple and easy. And then started getting into uh, a little more power violence and then you know the grindcore was kicking in and all that kind of stuff so we were trying you know like some hell nation and some um uh, i guess fuck what else like no comment or just you know just just stuff like that right and um And then Death Metal just kind of just just grabbed hold after we started going over to Buffalo in New York, uh, seeing all this shit. So then we changed our name to Devouring Future Afterbirth. And then we weren't a fan of that. And then we changed our name to Mangled. And then uh, I pretty much just was like, I I set up the first uh, Niagara Falls Death Fest here in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, yeah. uh, At this place beside the Sundowner, which is a legendary strip club on uh, on one of our little scripts here, Lundy's Lane, and uh, ended up bringing um, Demonacy, Grotesque Infection, uh, Inbred from Oshawa, Canada here, a Massification, Gastric Pus, and we were supposed to have Disgorge, they couldn't make it, and uh, we opened up for that whole show, and it kind of just set everything in motion, I guess.
0: And what, what year are you talking?
4: 93.
0: 93, right there. So that's interesting to me. So before
4: that, you were more of a power violence guy. I love, I love punk. I love hardcore. I'm, 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 I'm a skateboarder, man. I fucking grew up with Santa Cruz and Pal Peralta and and all that shit. So watching all those old videos, man, especially Santa Cruz, they had all the old good shit: Black Flag, fucking Dinosaur Jr., um, all that kind of stuff, right? So I was just, just gravitated to all that shit. And I've always loved the hardcore and the, and the punk scene. You know, Minor Threat, uh, Circle Jerks, all that, all the early shit, right? And I just always had a huge fond for that stuff. So I've always wanted to, you know, kind of have a punk band at the time too. Um, but uh, yeah, that kind of was just like I loved it, and then it was like, well, that's not heavy enough. So then all of a sudden it went into extreme noise tear and then it just kind of just kept going, and it went heavier.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just cra- crazy to me, because that's a very early era when you, when you say power violence, um, oh. to be, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, that's cool, man, and that's when it was a lot more, I guess you could say, like, uh, new, like, experimental type of thing.
4: Exactly, yeah, when you, yeah, like, I don't even think Spaz, I don't even think Spaz was out then, it was, yeah. like, a lot of the, uh, I jumped on the uh, Slap-A-Ham records, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that Yeah, label. Oh, in California, yep. we,
0: we gotta do an episode about that. That's true.
4: Hell yeah. So I ended up, um, I believe I was, I, I think I heard a Man is the Bastard track, mm-hmm. and I was just like fucking blown away. So I, you know, going through the zines, I ended up seeing a Man is the Bastard, and then it was affiliated with this Blair compilation. Yeah, Something. the 7-inch yeah. with like a billion bands on it, right? It one of the one of the greatest ever, man. And I uh, ended up scoring that from Slap of Ham, and... Like, everything on there is gold, front to back. Every fucking band, that was unbelievable. So then I was like, I need no comment. I need uh, capitalistic casualties. I need Hell Nation. I need all that shit, right? So I was just, holy crap. Because as much as I love the punk and the hardcore, as soon as they started adding those blast beats, that just changed everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always compare power violence to almost like, not, not that it sounds like it, but it was almost like a new wave for like grindcore you know what i
4: mean like it just oh, came out
0: it. of nowhere and people were being a freak with it you know
4: yep yeah totally and and it had that like as, as as much as grindcore was grindcore uh power violence still had that super punk aesthetic to it where they still just didn't give a fuck and they were going as hard as they could as fast as they could as crazy as mm-hmm. they could and jumping around like maniacs so that just kind of brought that music up to a whole new level, and it just, it, it, you can't even touch it. So,
0: tell me about now. I mean, I've something I've talked about with people in the past is how, uh, over the years, traveling back and forth across the border has changed, uh, dramatically depending where you are. And you're talking about taking, uh, uh going from, um, southern canada into the niagara falls area of new york to go to death metal shows in the early 90s right could you could you take me through what it was like on average just for you and your friends to to make that journey for a show like what did what what was it like because nowadays with the internet it's very easy like take me through you and your friends finding out about a show in new
4: york and going there for the weekend okay um Well, obviously, when we were finding out about this shit, we were still, like, we were just getting our license, or we just didn't have our license yet. So I was the oldest of of the guys that I was hanging out with, with my buddies in Mangled. And uh, so uh, Dan's parents would kind of drive us over there once in a while. We'd go to this one mall over there, Summit Park Mall, and... um, we would end up uh, just kind of like you know they would drop us off. We would hang out at the mall, and then they would come pick us up. You know, like an hour or two later or whatever. And uh, it was pretty much just up to yeah, it was all it was pretty much all Dan's parents that drove us everywhere to all the shows and all that stuff, and would just take off for a few hours and then come back and pick us up later kind of thing. It was it was a thing. Yeah, and then Dan's as parents. soon as I got yeah. as soon as I got a car, it was you know it, that just changed everything. It was just back and forth like nothing. They didn't yes they, 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 they didn't care then right it was just hey, where are you from Niagara Falls what are you doing ah, we're going skateboarding we're going to a show we're going here okay cool see you and then that was it like it was nothing is that trip so, across is
0: that same trip across the same border um different how different is it now
4: well I mean you just got to show passports now and, and and I mean nowadays I mean fuck, that's 30 30 years ago now uh, yeah. I'm almost paranoid most of the time as I go over because I gotta watch if I got you know pipes in the car or fucking buds <laughs> somewhere or Le- something allegedly, like that right? allegedly, <laughs> yeah. allegedly
0: as we always say on the podcast
4: so, <clears throat> so I gotta I've always tried to be careful right so especially mm-hmm. yeah, especially if I'm going over now I mean I need to keep going over for doing all this shit and uh, yeah cause I remember as a kid uh, as a teenager um, I just got a 1981 Volare and I fucking loved that car man slant 6 it was a beautiful car and uh, I ended up doing a trade with one of my buddies for a bag of homestone weed. It was like a grocery bag full. I gave him a couple like speak like some subwoofers. I mean, you know, everyone had car stereos back in the day, right? Yes. <laughs> so awesome. so I ended up trading a couple I forget what fucking woofers they were, but traded these woofers for a bag of homestone and I literally put it in my trunk and I put my spare tire over the bag. So You know, wherever I drove, it was like, you know, just handing out some weed and, you know, sell a fucking giant bag for five bucks and whatever like that. So I ended up actually going over the border a few times before I even realized I even had it in the trunk. And this one one time I ended up actually uh, coming down with a dine, 90, and, fuck, was it 90, 93, 94? You know, we're wearing toques in the middle of the summer. We're fucking, you know, I got my... I, I love fur in the car. I always, I always put fun fur in my cars. Man. That's a
1: beanie for it, our man. US listeners.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> So then uh, I ended up getting pulled over. I was speeding, and uh, a cop pulled me over and was just like, "What are you guys doing? Like, you think you're going a little fast?" And I was like, "You know, I'm sorry, officer. We're just, you know, we're just going over to the skate shop or going to record shopping or something like that." And he's like, "All right, well, here's your ticket." So. You, got, you don't have a choice, so you got to pay this. So, okay, cool. So then ended up taking off, coming back. And then
5: I was like, fuck, I I check the
4: trunk? Did I even have it? I opened it up. Boom, I had a fucking giant bag of weed sitting right there. <laughs> oh, holy shit, man. So right after that, I was like, you know, scared shitless. So I was like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then uh, before 9-11, um, ended up going over to see a show. Uh, what was it? Uh, Superjoint Ritual Zeke and the Hevels over in Buffalo and uh, I was like, I'm going to bring some doobies. I'm going to stuff them in my nuts, you know, wrap them in a bunch of bags or whatever like that and, you know, just keep your mouth shut and we're good to go. So we get up to the border and he's like, as soon as we get up there, pull over. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, what, Legit, is there something wrong with your name? He goes, yeah, I had a little domestic with a woman and I'm like, fuck. Oh. Oh, my God, right? So we get pulled into the office, and he's like, Cam, just sit there. Jay, get over here. Let's talk. So then I was like, Jay, if you fucking say a word, don't look at me. Don't fucking sweat. Don't nothing. I do not exist right now. So then, boom, they let us go back, and I was like, you motherfucker. I gave him a shot in the fucking arm. I was like, you prick bastard. I could have been fucking thrown away forever. Wow. So then as soon as we got to the show, I was we ended up uh, interviewing the Hevels. And uh, I was like, guys, want to smoke some fucking uh, sweaty bag weed or whatever from Canada? And we're all like, let's fucking do it. And that was it. And then that was the last time ever I tried ever to bring anything over the wow. border. And I'm fucking scared shitless. So thank God, knock <laughs> on wood, that uh, I was a good boy. Didn't get caught. So, yeah. Well, good times. Well, we're, we're glad
0: that you were lucky. And hopefully our, um, our most honorable Governor Cuomo. <laughs> uh, 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 legalizes it as, as his last act. Before, Hell yeah, dude. Or, or fucking downfall. That
1: <laughs> New York Godzilla known as Tappan yeah. Z is going to rise out of the Hudson and fucking storm at Albany, man. That's what we're all thinking is going to happen. But it might not. It might not, also.
2: Well,
4: let's, but
1: that's a cool story.
4: So, but yeah, uh, that's, that's it for the border.
0: So, so you talk about Buffalo. Um, you dropped a few names on us before grotesque infection um, but uh, but you know I've, I thought maybe and maybe you know maybe you could correct me on this a good place to start this conversation about upstate New York death metal and especially how undercredited it is as a huge region of death metal something mm-hmm. some people are familiar with as trivia but a lot of people may not realize if I got it right cannibal corpse and malevolent creation both start
4: out in the Buffalo region Did I get that right oh. Yeah, totally did. Yep. Yeah, because, um, I mean, Cannibal, they kind of rose from the ashes of uh, uh, one of their old, their older bands too, uh, Tyrant Sin. It was more of a thrashy band, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Paul was on drums, and uh, Dennis Glinski, who was uh, in Carnal Dissection, he was on vocals also. So Paul was in Tyrant Sin in like 87, I believe, 88. And then uh, another band, Beyond Death, who was Alex and Jack Owen from Cannibal, that was their earlier band too. And then just the guys formed and boom, you know, created one of the craziest death metal bands ever. So Cannibal, totally right from fucking Buffalo. And Malevolent too. And Malevolent, I mean, there's too many members that happened in that band. Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, that's one of those bands that's had a lot of people through them. But do you have memory? Did you get to see those bands uh, uh, play yeah. live when they were st- before they relocated to Florida?
4: Yeah. Uh, actually, I ended up seeing. I only saw, I was supposed to see Cannibal on the Mutilated tour, and uh, not I'm not going to say unfortunately, but I went up north during that show. It was Cannibal, Obituary, Agnostic Front, and one other band. And I fucking missed it because it was just, it happened to it happened to happen happened to happen God. at the time I was going north to go fishing. So Ooh, super. You get a pass. Right, get well, a pass. Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, yes. All uh, that. All that's good. <laughs> yeah,
4: and then and I ended up seeing them on the bleeding. So I guess I think they were already gone by the time they were on by the time, by the time the bleeding came out. I think they were already in Florida. They were already gone by then. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah but. I ended up seeing all the guys at the shows anyways even when they like they weren't playing because I mean like barn, Barnes, barn, we always saw Barnes. He always hung out. That was cool. Um, and uh, Alex always that always a stand-up guy. He was always fucking hanging around too. So like those guys would always just kick around and then Fashiani also. Um, my buddy, uh, I used to do a radio show with uh, Metal Dan, another Metal Dan uh he did a zine back in the day too called um uh metal assault and he was good friends with the uh, Fasciani. so when we ended up going to see a, it was suffocation epidemic grotesque infection and malevolent creation then uh yeah we ended up hooking up with those guys there too so that was pretty cool so it was there was, was there was a couple shows where there was some interactions but uh by the time I really started going to shows 92 93 and all that stuff there was you know the scene was already huge and everybody was kind of drifting away by then
0: uh, and what
4: about grotesque infection where do they come in uh well they're pretty much right from Niagara Falls New York uh, they they started it was Eric and Russ Eric the guitarist Russ the bass player singer they were in a band called organism mm. and uh, they ended up doing a band called Putrefest and future fest had danny from eternal torment which danny ended up going into that new metal band called stem (laughs) uh yeah they yeah because they 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 had some hits and they had some you know some moderate uh uh uh, success there uh but hate anyone for paying the bills you know it totally right i mean hey you do what you got to do and and if you know if it's it means you're playing music still then you know you can't really can't really uh, say anything about that but those guys uh yeah grotesque infection you know rose from a couple little bands and uh, i'm pretty sh- i'm i can say that i think they were probably one of the better bands of the Niagara Falls buffalo new york area yeah i even say rochester too like rock, uh, I mean, man. people
0: like, people could look it up on YouTube and wherever. Grotesque, really, really ahead of their time with the brutality. Disgusting band.
4: Oh, shit,
0: man. Like,
4: and, and I will say, like, I mean, you know, everybody always says, like, you know, like Iron Maiden's my favorite band, Judas Priest, Cannibal Corpse, Deicide, that kind of thing. I, bro, I'm fucking right into Grotesque Infection as one of my top bands, like, ever, even though they only put out, like, like, uh, consumption of human feces is like the demo that everybody knows yep. and uh, the one before it, uh, Festering Wounds but man, like live, these guys will crush everybody, it's unbelievable, <laughs> it's unbelievable What were some of the venues you would go to
0: in Buffalo back in the day to see these bands? Uh,
4: well there was a lot in Niagara Falls like because Grotesque and okay. uh, Eternal Torment and stuff like that were from the area So they would end up booking like just little stupid clubs and like honestly a hop, skip and a jump from the border. Uh, It was pretty shanty town. I mean Niagara Falls, New York has got some shady areas. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting kind of going over there. And then especially telling our parents, you know, hey, we're going over to Buffalo or Niagara Falls, New York, uh, eight o'clock at night. We're probably going to stick around. So at least, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. and hang out with these fucking older metal dudes, all this shit down this skitty row. And uh, yeah, the first the first show I went to go see grotesque was uh, it was grotesque and infestation at the cocktail zone. And you could probably fit 30 people in there properly. So as soon as fuck it yeah it was so funny man. And I mean we're 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 intimidated little guys too. We're we're coming into all these huge long hairs and all this shit and these fucking seasoned veterans and we're walking in these you know these these three little dudes fucking you know we like death metal right kind of thing so we ended up walking in and man they just they brought us in like like we were we were their best buds and these clubs were just hilarious just divey super divey little shit shows and they were the funnest places though cuz i mean everyone's still everyone's kind of you know kicking and booting and and jumping onto the ceiling and just doing whatever and like the bars didn't even really care it's just there's the fact that there was 30 people in there drinking their faces off there's probably like the best day they've had fucking a year so yeah and it, it was just all these little tiny places man it was such a hoot such a blast and the fact that it was literally that close we could literally just walk over to a couple of these bars that they were playing at it, was, it was just unbelievable awesome and, and and now you're talking like i know
0: uh, Rochester is what, about an hour outside of Buffalo?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, well, yeah, right from Niagara Falls, it's like an hour and a half. Okay. Hour and, hour, yeah, hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Okay, I mean, I, I
0: have some family up there I've visited from time to time. Like, I know the, the venue, the Bug Jar, I know House of Guitars record Store, I know a few, few, like, modern, we'll say, places up there. But, like, like, from the research I did today and looking up bands uh, in general, it seems like Rochester, like, had, like, the most um, uh, uh, lively scene for underground metal out of that region. Is that fair to say?
4: Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I I never traveled too much to Rochester at that time. It was, I mean, there was just so much happening in Buffalo and Niagara mm-hmm. Falls that we didn't even really go to Rochester. Like, Disgorged came to Niagara Falls and, uh, Buried Beneath, that was another band, they ended up turning black metal, but their first demo they were, yeah, they were all coming down to Buffalo and Niagara Falls, so, uh, but Rochester at that time, like I said, man, I didn't really travel around there too much, so I didn't get to see it firsthand, okay. I didn't really get, I didn't really get to Rochester till probably, shit, three, four years ago, really.
0: Okay, well, so we kind of know the same, I guess, scene, because that's, uh, you know, I've only been there in the last 10 years myself. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to uh, you know, Ozzy and, and uh, everybody else at the Bug Jar. It's a great venue. Yeah. We're, you know, pulling for them the same way we're pulling for all, all of our local venues in this time. Uh, but, you know, we talk about Rochester. There's a fair amount of old school history there, and you and you brought up disgorged. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll talk about them, and that's, for the listeners, that's disgorged uh, past tense. It's not another disgorge. Um no. Discord, the uh, D. <laughs> yeah, and that's a really interesting band to go back and check out because they had Dave Colross uh, of Malevolent Creation uh, fame on drums.
4: Yes, um, I ended up again. It was just hanging out in the buff with the Buffalo guys and the Niagara Falls guys. Uh, I ended up scoring the one demo, uh, Cultivation of Ferocious Decay, mm-hmm. and it just it just had that. You know, that New York sound, a little bit of fucking stomp, there's a little some breakdown, and it's just pulverizing with gutturals and stuff like that, right? So, fucking amazing demo. And then, and then all of a sudden, they announced that they had a new EP coming out, Die Hideous Wake. And uh, they were coming to, again, Niagara Falls to uh, to do their CD release show. And uh, that fucking four song EP is like none other out there. <laughs> So pulverizing, it blows yeah. my mind. I, I you know, it's, I've always like told people
0: like the the new quote unquote New York sound that breakdown. That's uh, you know, everyone says internal bleeding, pyrexia, suffocation, but you also have to give credit to disgorged If you listen to that, I always said huh. like the upstate breakdown, like mid tempo stomp. It's a lot less hip hop influenced and a lot more doomy, I think.
4: Yes, oh, God, yeah, 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 totally, you, you totally hit it on the nail, because, mm-hmm. yeah, that New York sound, that, you know, the Pyrexia, Suffo, you, like, it's, it's got a, not, it's not a hardcore tinge, but there's, there's something there, and, like you said, when you come down to, like, to, to Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and all that, there's something, something dirtier happened in between mm-hmm. there, and the riffs got, like you said, a little doomier, a little, Sludgy or a little just gross, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just something and and the bass. Everybody back then, at that, uh, in that area, all had distorted bass, so it just fucking made it even heavier. Holy fuck!
0: <laughs> yeah, well, oh, dude, pe- people got to listen to that disgorged uh, and go back <laughs> and check that out to know what you're talking about, man. And we should yeah. also mention when Dave Colross leaves the band. They become withered earth, right? Which I think and is a little, little bit more technical, a little bit more like virtuoso, I guess, than than just brutal you know? caveman. But still, a very worthwhile band to go back and listen to.
4: Totally, yeah. They they, they kind of lost me on that because I mean, if it didn't sound like Hideous Wake, then I'm I'm not going to listen mm. to it first. Mm. I was pretty stubborn back then, so it was <laughs> mm-hmm. just. Like, yeah. it's just as soon as I hear a little bit of extra wailing on the guitar, I'm like, "Eh, you're done. You already lost me." Yeah, but going, but going back to it now, I'm just like, "Holy shit! Why didn't I listen to it? This is crazy." <laughs> you well, know, it's
0: interesting stuff, and it's you know, a little like they were probably, you know, wanted to do something a little more mature, maybe with some new sound. I mean, at least, at least they changed the name on you, and we don't have to say "old disgorged" yeah. and "new disgorged" or
4: something exactly. like that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thank God. And just, to, just to mention too that uh, uh, Growl, uh, myself growl records and cdn records uh, we're going to be putting out the disgorged on tape and uh, cd pretty soon so that's coming soon
0: beautiful and i, I was gonna uh, um allow, allow you to p- uh, plug anything you want um a little bit later on but we should also know we talk, yeah we talked totally. about grotesque infection you got grotesque
4: infection infection shirts for sale yes oh god yeah um they the some of those shirts right now are through extremely rotten um Dave from Undergang—that's his label or whatever. So he ended up doing uh, a little uh, collaboration with us to put out uh, *Grotesque* and *Obscurity*, another band that everybody needs to check out too. The the uh, oh fuck what's the fucking demo? God damn it, it's killing me uh. right on my face. Uh, the *Visions of Gehenna* demo. Mm. So that demo and the grotesque consumption of human feces—he ended up putting out on vinyl. And then did a limited run of shirts with the grotesque infection. Uh, we have the obscurity uh, shirts now, and then we're going to be putting up grotesque uh, sh- shirts and long sleeves pretty soon, also. So, yeah, man. Like I said, man, I'm trying to do as much as I can for some of these bands because, like, like like you said, they just didn't get the just deserved that they should for the just the the insane, like just heaviness that they brought and for how short of a span that they were around like they they made a huge impact like i'm 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 actually blown away how much fucking the grotesque sells like it's crazy man everyone's just like holy fuck we've been looking for this shit forever i was like wow okay well that's good man because i thought they were just one of those little demo bands that nobody cared about anymore but apparently they made enough of an impact that people are like holy shit man that fucking demo
0: well, you know, with the internet and social media, you know, we got people like Ken's Death Metal Crypt. Uh, yeah. And there's just, there's a big market now for the, you know, not not people like me who are nostalgic for it, but also for the younger generation who weren't there for it. And I won't begrudge them that. Um, there's yeah. a big market now for that nostalgic old stuff that maybe didn't get a chance the first time. So that's why I wanted to do this episode too, you know, to turn our listeners on to some new
4: stuff. Totally, um, man. There's so much out there too. Like, I mean... And and, and and just like you guys, too, I mean, you're constantly just kind of like, again, Ken's death metal crypts kind of bringing some stuff up once in a while. You're like, holy fuck, I forgot about this band. Holy shit, yeah, man. That band, I remember seeing the logo everywhere, and I never did get a chance to listen to the demo. So then you end up going back so much on a lot of this stuff that it's like, I kind of want to stay back. <laughs> yeah. Man, you're talking my language. I mean,
0: doing this podcast every week, I have you know something to go like, I you know for for research this week I just listened to a bunch of upstate death I mean it's it's great it's fun you know Yeah before we started doing the show like I thought I knew stuff oh, and then we yes. start really like
2: doing the research yeah. and it's like oh yeah I'm never even going to learn anything that's where I'm yeah. at right now and I'll just try to try support <laughs> when I can and that's it that's my new that's existence
4: <laughs> I know I I especially doing the documentary too like I don't want to be I'm, I'm not the guy I'm not I don't know all the history. I don't know everything. I'm learning just like you guys do in the podcast. I'm learning so much right. as as we go too, right? It's insane. Uh but I mean, you know, there's just but because there's just so much. There's too much out there and and I want to try to get as much of the past in me before I really, you know, move forward on a lot of new stuff. And I mean, I mean, obviously I'm I'm trying to keep up as best I can too, but but the the old shit is is kind of where that the feeling and and again that nostalgia kicks in because nobody 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 can release a demo or has a hard time releasing a demo now that sounds like you know what we heard back then too right so yeah I just I I just keep going back all the time (laughs) I don't know if it's a good thing or whatever but yeah it's it's, it's both it's both yeah uh,
1: there's equally amazing new music coming out and uh equally sure. amazing undiscovered music that's been out you know that's um. why
0: that's why one week we interview somebody who's 10 years older than me and one week we interview someone who's 10 years younger than me man because there's you know there, there's old school stuff and new school stuff but tonight I I don't want to um uh, spend too much time uh, in modern times I want to keep I want to stay in the yeah. past I want to stay living stay. In the, living yeah. in the past <laughs> um, and 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 we're in Rochester I want to keep up the Rochester thing going a little bit because I want to bring up uh, uh people would get a little angry if we didn't talk about Baphomet Baphomet maybe if I pronounce it wrong but we know what I'm talking about from French. Rochester New York
4: yeah oh huge um, I ended up with supposed to I, they were supposed to play with uh, sinister cynic uh, in Buffalo for just before Banished came out, and uh, ended up uh, they ended up canceling because I guess one of the I forget who it was. They were all there too, and they were they were pissed that they couldn't play. It. So Damn. I just I just missed just missed seeing them then. Like it's pissed pissed pissed. But I ended up catching them. Uh, I think it was. Ten years ago they did the the one reunion or whatever. Our buddy Brian Patterson, unfortunately, passed away uh in the summer and uh or just actually just before Christmas. And uh uh he ended up putting on the original Day of Death Fest with like immolation, mortician, gorphobia, autopsy, all those bands back then. Yeah, yeah. So he started doing shows again and ended up doing the Day of Death Fest. I like, I don't know if it was two or three and uh baphomet was tj and dave on guitar with uh three other newer guys and some newer bands getting the baphomet uh, banner going again and at least i saw that
0: (laughs) awesome and you know rest in peace uh uh to your friend brian pattison i did want to bring that up uh because we know that he's kind of a um a revered figure for uh booking um, that fest and other events up there and also uh, I, I saw this on your Instagram that he, along with uh, someone named Alan Moses, um, put out a book, Glorious Times, a pictorial of the death metal scene, 1981 to
4: 1991. Yep. Oh, my God, man. What a book, man. It's just because they were there. Those guys were there with all those guys, and they were pen pals back in the day, too. So for them to, to just, you know, hit everybody up and get these uh, old school stories was, uh, was super easy for them. Uh, the problem was uh, they self-published the first one. That wasn't a problem. It sold out. They self-published again, and then they ended up trying to get uh, uh, a couple other publishers on board. And nobody, would, nobody would bite for some reason, which is so strange. Because I mean, if anything's going to be underground, it's that book. Like, of yeah, there's,
0: in this market nowadays, you'd think somebody would bite. There's all these books coming out about yeah. the old school. Right.
4: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got you know they got the Finnish, the Swedish, the the, just everything, right? So why couldn't you just have like the stories from the people themselves? But oh, but but then again though, there's the um, uh, there's the one that um, uh, uh, Jason from Misery Index put out. uh, Was it was
0: that the one that's like Notes from the Underground or something?
4: Oh yeah. I, what the, I, yeah, I
0: I forget the title. I I remember because I look it up every once in a while, and it's out of print. You can't get it.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that again, that was it's kind of like a glorious times, but probably seven times thicker. Yeah, it, it's just so many stories. But it's again, it, it's just talking about the old days and talking about you know the first shows and the cops you know running into them because they're playing too heavy of music or something like that right it's just it's insane man but it's called, uh, yeah uh,
1: extremely retained is
4: exactly. that extremity, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. extremity retained that's right that's right yeah, yeah great book too man that yeah, looks and, awesome
1: uh i uh, thank you guys for bringing this to my attention i'm gonna read this now thank you yeah.
4: you can get your hands on it <laughs> uh, is it still available
1: I have no idea.
0: Uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure you could buy it as an ebook, but you know, I would, I would, I wanted to, um, to get it in my in my collection. You want home. it on tape, Um yeah. <laughs> And and uh, uh, King Fowley of deceased his his biography, man, another one. Some some
4: printing press has got to pick all these up, man, because I'll buy them. Okay. That's what I mean, man. Like it's how are people not jumping on this stuff? This yeah. is the this is this this is this is real history. This is especially King, man. That guy, yeah. Cool. And like I mean, I, I'm I'm sure some of you guys follow him on Facebook or whatever like that. And like the stories, like he just talks straight from the heart, right? Man, oh yeah, yeah, you know this tour here, we were all high on PCP for fucking two weeks, and you know we stole this and we, you know, we robbed this place, and then we, and then we did this and then we did that. I was like, holy crap, man! Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was, he was. He dropped a few alleged
0: leads when we interviewed him uh, for last Halloween. If the listeners want to check it out, that was one of our livest interviews,
4: definitely. Um, oh man, that guy—that guy is just a walking encyclopedia, man. If anybody knows anything, it's fucking King. Yeah, shout shout to King Fowley, man.
0: And and um, uh, so I, you know, I'm looking at my notes here. There's some other bands uh, from Rochester. You said you were you weren't really involved with Rochester too much till fairly recently, I guess. What yeah. what about? Do you remember a band? A little bit more of a recent band, Abdicate. Yep. Oh yeah, totally. They're on uh, Severed Records there. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about Abdicate and Severed Records. I always associate the two cuz Abdicate is a is a, a band from Rochester that's on a Rochester label. Uh Abdicate's yep. such a good band.
4: Um a really brutal contemporary modern death metal, man. Yep, totally. Yeah, I I find I I found the last album like good music and everything, but I find it a little too triggery from mm. from my taste.
0: That happens nowadays. That happens nowadays, man. And-
4: not against the drummer Dan. He um, he was in um, Bald Hexen and what's his other band? Oh, he was in uh, Golmagoth also another Rochester slammy brutal death metal death metal band. Um, so he ended up doing the last Advocate album or whatever, and uh, yeah, it sound it's it's like musically and and riff wise, it's unbelievable, but. Unfortunately, production, man, it, I can I hear two seconds of it, and I'm like, damn, I, I already don't like everything.
0: It, it, you know, that's, that happens, especially when your ear is attuned to that like, old-school uh, you know, brutality, that sludgy yeah. sliminess that we like, man. Um, now, something, I don't want to skip over it. I don't know if you have any um, input, any perspective you want to talk about. We had Eric Burke uh, on our podcast quite some time ago. We interviewed him, um, and people might know him from Sulaco, uh also associated with uh calabas um i think he actually said that he did some time in withered earth musician from rochester but we talk about that scene kind of from there um sulaco blurring lethargy there was a band inertia uh
4: do you you recall any of that stuff i i i seen lethargy um yeah Yeah. they played a show it was uh let's see i got the poster right here because it was unbelievable show uh, it was at Cheers Lounge Niagara Falls, New York It was Inner Sanctum I believe they were a Rochester female um, Obscurity Ritual torment From New Jersey uh, Infestation, grotesque infection demonacy, and humor remains mm. And lethargy was thrown On the bill at the last minute So I, I have maybe the, Maybe 30 seconds of live footage From that show Because um, A friend of ours, Lori, Lori Steele, she used to do this fanzine called Eruptions From Below. So she was always there um, filming stuff. So she did a little video zine. She wasn't doing interviews. She was just, you know, filming shows and stuff like that. So she ended up filming this whole show with human remains and demonacy and all that stuff. And she got, I think, 30 or 45 second clip of Lethargy. And, man, they ripped at that time. They ripped, totally ripped but I mean unfortunately they wanted to be Mastodon and um, that's enough.
0: Ah, well, we we have a whole story about Mastodon and the the origins of uh the death metal bands around that um if you want to go back and check out our Eric Burke episode just for the listeners. But um uh you know it, it's funny because we we talk about that you t- you mentioned uh, Demonacy if I pronounced it right. Yes. Um where were they yep. from? New Jersey. Okay, New Jersey. They were a bit bit more of like a slammy type of thing very early on in the game, right? They totally were. They yeah, I haven't heard
4: them in a while, but yeah. Oh my god, man. That's just one of, again, one of those bands too it was, that just stuck out from everything, man, and just crushed, and unfortunately they just weren't around long enough. Yeah, I think their last put-out was the Therapeutic Morbidity was the 7-inch, I believe, and then I don't know if they did anything after that. Yeah, there was a couple demos, and I think that was the last one. And what what's out there is like a it's just a compilation of the three demos, I believe, and a couple live tracks. But there's not even that many songs. There's only like two or three songs on a demo each. So in total, <laughs> maybe ten songs altogether they had. But that, holy shit, man. They just yeah That's, a, that's worth a re, re-listen for the
0: listeners. Yeah, please. Demonicy. Now... Um, moving uh, well,
4: let, let me throw a name at you, uh, Malamore. You remember them? I don't remember too much of them. Okay. Are, are, are are they older or newer? Well, they, they, I,
0: well, I a little bit of both. Uh, they were they were in the '90s and they actually played on Long Island once or twice. That's how I I uh, knew them. And they're from Kingston, which I think is a little bit more downstate. It's probably a little bit more towards the capital area. Okay,
4: because I'm I'm thinking I don't know if it's. Malamor, Malamore, or fuck. There's a band that's on Amputated Vein, that uh, that Japanese brutal death metal label.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Malamor, Malodorous, or Malam Malamores, I don't know, man. There's, there's a couple Malamala bands or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I- I'm not sure if it was the same one, but no, I, I don't really remember those guys, though. So. Okay, but no, just, just
0: uh, worth a shot. I'm kind of throwing a lot of my... Um, yeah,
4: man, please. A lot of, lot, of, lot of bands out here. And uh, the
0: Malamore from Kingston, New York um, is... Uh, well, they haven't put out anything since 04, but they're on Repulsive Echo Records, it says here. Um... But, uh, but regardless, as we move on, uh, you know, we covered a lot of those Yonkers. Well, let me ask a lot of those Rochester, I should say, bands. Let me ask you, before we try to get into Yonkers and downstate and, and all that sort of thing, what haven't we talked about from Buffalo, Niagara Falls, Rochester that we, that we really should give a, a, a moment to? Um,
4: well, pretty much the first grindcore band from the area is Immortal Terror if you're familiar with those guys um jim i can't pronounce his last name but hey he joined the band with brian patterson uh they did uh they're doing they did that grindcore band and for pick so they ended up doing a whole bunch of tours actually they they toured all over the place it was that very impressive um so jim was the original drummer in this immortal terror and they came out i think it was 1990 and it was just straight up grindcore first grindcore band to come out of Buffalo Niagara uh Rochester all that stuff so there's a there's a band that's totally overlooked again they came out with like the one demo and and a few other tracks and then that was it gone so they just they went into you know uh uh, into obscurity and that was it um and the and the other band that i brought up to obscurity uh make sure to check those guys out like i said um, Extremely Rotten, ended up putting out the vinyl because he loved this four songs that much. that he's like, I, I have to put this out. Like, I don't care if you, it, nobody buys it. I just, I need to put this out. Uh, so, yeah, because he, he, he caught wind that myself and CDN Records were putting out um, uh, the split with Eternal Torment. We put a CD out with Obscurity, Eternal Torment and uh, he said I had to put that demo in a fucking vinyl because it needs to be forever on vinyl so, so he did
0: <coughs> uh, what else here you, you mentioned CDN yeah. Records that's a yep. very long running uh, uh, label dealing with like, yeah. a, a huge distribution
4: service if I'm not mistaken right massive, massive man Craig has been a, has, has literally he's the only now longest running label in Canadian history Wow. uh for death metal and underground and everything like that he started in 90 i believe he said ninety one, ninety two. 92 he started doing shit wow. and uh yeah it's it, it's funny cuz i just recently connected with him uh, in the last 3 years or so uh, just because, I mean, we've, we've heard about each other, I did a fanzine back in the day too, and you know, the bands or whatever like that. So he caught wind of who this Cam guy was, you know, down in Niagara Falls, and I think we wrote to each other here and there. Never met each other up until we went to Quebec Death Vests, um, three years ago. That was the first time we met each other, and... Uh, yeah man, he's just a solid stand-up guy and again, he just he wants to do what we're doing is just kind of keep things alive and bring back some of these old old school bands plus, you know, dealing with a lot of newer slam and brutal and all that kind of stuff too, but uh yeah man, he's been around forever and uh he just ended up picking up the rights to PRC music, which was an old school label too, and they recently just went defunct in the last 6 months so he picked up all of Remy's stuff, so now he's literally the only guy in Canada now. Wow, wow. I, w-
1: I want to <laughs> ask you uh, as as a fan of like you know hardcore and power violence and punk and stuff like that, um, how do you, how did you feel about Every Time I Die uh, from the Buffalo
4: area in the uh, late
1: nineties, uh, late early two thousands? Because uh,
4: I didn't mind the the EP. It was you know it had
1: yeah the burial I, plot.
4: Damn. Right. Yeah, I actually I didn't mind a lot of the, uh, the that early early metalcore scene. I didn't have a problem with it because you know everybody was you know bringing in elements of you know some some hardcore and, yeah. and, and the 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 Swedish the Swedish uh, at the gates and, and and all that kind of stuff. Right. So they were bringing all this kind of cool sounds and it was kind of fresh. It was nice to hear something different. Right and uh so that first demo you know it wasn't too bad we were playing it on the radio show we ended up getting it at uh, at our station so uh and then when the first album came out it, you know i was like oh okay i, I kind of see where this is going and yeah,
3: yeah
4: it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad i mean i didn't mind the scene at all but um uh there was one other band from that area too that just fucking sucked though um
1: it was like my bitter end i feel like it was from upstate a little bit it was a little more of a uh, more established, like once that metalcore scene became a little bit more established, they uh they 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 showed up. I th- I feel like they were from Rochester a little bit, maybe Poughkeepsie. I uh, think so, yeah. You know, a little totally. bit down south, but uh, you know, I I always like as as a as a death metal guy, man, uh, and and a grind dude, like I always recommend that first every time I die release for people who have heard of that band's name, uh, you know, for different you know in different genres different reasons or whatever because that band is kind of uh morphed into into something else or uh totally. but that first release is uh has 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 some solid grind elements some solid punk hardcore uh yep. you know elements or whatever so uh you know coming yeah. from coming from that buffalo area i was wondering if you had any
4: totally well first we we almost had a book, too. Uh, we used to put on these shows here uh, called the Aggression Sessions in the late 90s and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we were in contact with a bunch of those guys at that time, too. So uh, they were they couldn't make the show that we were putting on. So we ended up getting this band called Kid Gorgeous. And they were from, like the I think they were from Buffalo or somewhere in New York or whatever yeah, like that.
5: Remember,
4: and, uh, yeah, so we were close to having Every Time I Die play in Niagara Falls with us. But, again, they were starting to pick up at that time, so they had other other things going on. So we're like, yeah, whatever, Till next time. And then the next time they came back, and he's like, holy shit, they just blew up. That's it. They're done.
3: So,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. We're talking about metalcore, hardcore, the late 90s. This is something that, that we bring up. Uh, we told, We had a conversation with Malignancy about it and some other people. In the late 90s, I mean, in general, I know in my area this was the case, but I think it was in general, death the, the big death metal boom was kind of coming to an end in the mid to late 90s. And, totally. and uh, you know, victory records, hardcore, hate breed, you know, oh, hard, hardcore was a huge thing. Uh, and I, I've always associated upstate New York a lot more with hardcore than with death metal being someone who came yep. of
4: age in the late 90s. Sure. Yeah, totally. It's like Snapcase. Yep. uh um, Great band, Snapcase. Yeah, totally, right? And Snapcase, and what was oh, there was Zero Tolerance was another hardcore band from that area, too, at that time, which featured, uh, oh, fuck it. What's his name? Darren from Goldfinger, the drummer from Goldfinger. <laughs>
0: Goldfinger, man. What was their That's hit? Funny. They had the, the hit, hit single,
4: funny. man. Um, yeah, he's in
0: my bedroom. You can tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> ah, will you still feel the same? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the guy from Siv in the video. Album, man. It was I, great. Man. I like
4: that album. I fucking I, I love that whole skate punk. That that early 90s, mid 90s skate punk and shit like that. That, see, I, I was trying to tell Tom about Scott before. That's what you talk about, Scott punk. <laughs>
2: all right. I mean,
0: this was totally taking that context. I know. We're busting Tom's balls, but yeah. I'm the but, punching bag on yeah, this show. We take, it all, take out my aggression on poor old Tom. <laughs> yep. Yeah
2: it's fine i can handle it
0: but,
4: uh, maybe but yeah totally total hardcore man like i mean i i would i like the early victory record stuff man all that blood for blood and oh buried and alive shit. dude. buried alive dude. Right? earth crisis like, yeah. was dude yeah. totally man like that was there was dude, I, that was special i love steak
1: time. and i love earth prices how's that yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, totally, man. And uh, un- unfortunately, they you know they they caught wind that metalcore was fucking way more money, so they ended up ditching everybody that was cool and going into the wrong directions. But yeah, uh, whatever, man. But at least, but at least Hatebreed's first album was really good.
0: Yeah, I I used to listen to that. And I-, I still own it, man. Yeah, and uh, there was something Blood for Blood, Buried Alive. There was always some cool stuff coming out, man. Totally was man. I fuck, I fuck with all
1: a Hatebreed because uh, I don't want to get beat up. <laughs>
0: uh, yes. <laughs> What about the the hardcore versus death metal thing that went on in the late '90s? Was that a big deal by you? Was like uh, the the hardcore scene kind of being against
4: death metal and death metal bands? Uh, well, I mean, death metal was 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 dying, right? Everybody jumped ship, man. I and I and I hate to say it that you know a lot of even the old school guys just jumped ship as soon as grunge and new metal started kicking in, right? It was no longer fashionable. Yeah. It, it was, man. And and it and it, it, it saddened me because everybody literally was like I, you know, I'm 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 at my peak watching these bands and everything and all of a sudden, you know, Alice Chains and Nirvana gets popular and everybody wants to be fucking Soundgarden and and Korn and all this shit. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like it was killing me. Yeah. So everybody jumped ship and then the, it was a whole new scene so all those guys they were just hardcore like they weren't there wasn't, wasn't there wasn't any death metal going on in this area really it was dead it was just hardcore that was the fashion right that was that's what was popular I mean, and I mean we we have uh, in, in in this city well we had Alexis on Fire that was our big fan from this area right so that was Everybody went metalcore, hardcore, and, and then that was it. And I just, I mean, I, I enjoyed it sitting on the, the sidelines just because, you know, I like everything, man. I love fucking all styles, styles of music, so I want to hear it all. But once everybody was just mentioning that hardcore was the heaviest stuff and all this shit, I was like, you go, okay, there's something here, man. Okay.
1: So, you know, you had Alexis on fire. We had uh we had to Ashes, so we're all, you know.
0: -hmm. It's all good. Yeah, shout Shout out to Bayside. That's what's up. Yeah. Shout
1: shout out to to most of my friends if you (laughs) listen to this podcast.
0: (laughs) Long Island was very big for that style, (laughs) well known for that style. Um, Well, now getting out of that a little bit, I did want to cover, and this is a distinction to be made when people talk, because like I said at the top of the episode, People say New York death metal, and they, maybe they're thinking New York City, Long Island, but uh, upstate New York is the vast geographic like landscape of New York State. The uh, the city and Long Island really make up a very small portion of it. It's just a little bit more populated. And where you are, you're talking about Canada, so you're like like pretty much the ideal example of how far removed upstate New York can be. From us right. down here, I mean, that's probably what an eight-hour drive to New York City from where you
4: are. Yep, it literally is. Yeah, yep. yes, yeah. Because I, I, I ended up going up with uh, to New York with Barrett uh, from Severed Records for yeah. one of the uh, New York Death Fests or whatever, like a couple of years ago. So it took us, yeah, it took it took me about eight hours, eight and a half hours to get there. Dang. So yeah. are,
1: are you a Sabres fan or a Leafs fan or a Canadians fan?
4: not a sports fan. Okay. Oh, my God. Good,
0: good, because we said at the top, the, it's, it's the Rangers versus Buffalo tonight, man. It's, it's very, very, very coincidental timing for this conversation. Yeah, All right. <laughs> all right, I have Sorry, nothing
1: guys. else to say for the next few minutes. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, Go ahead, I, Will. Back to you, Will. Well, Cam you, Cam, you and I have something in common. I don't really fo- I don't follow sports at all, unless you count NASCAR on the, on the occasion when my dad might have it on. But um, I'm more of an underground death metal tape collector myself. So, I, I want to, what I get, when I, when I brought up the whole reason of how far away you actually are there at the Canadian border of New York State, is I did want to talk, because when we say upstate New York, it's a huge region. You also have um, fairly b- much closer to New York City, you have the Yonkers region. Um, which we talked about. You can go back and check out our episode with Ralph from Haunted Hotel Records. Great guy. Good friend of the show. Right. Yes, sir. And uh, that area is particularly famous for, if I get it all correct, the listeners can eat me alive in the comments section if, if I miss something, Mortition, immolation, incantation, and malignancy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, that to you is... A long distance away. That's
4: not right around the corner, even though some people would say it's upstate New York. Totally. Yeah, it totally is. Um, I ended up. I didn't end up seeing Incantation till '96, and in, and that was in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Mortician till uh, I went to go see them for the pre-show at Maryland Death Fest. <laughs> uh, I, I wish uh, I could. Have.
0: I got a really bitter story about. A sh- I should have seen it.
4: I didn't. And I'm not going to say
0: who's responsible.
4: Go on, Cam. <laughs> okay. And then, I, unfortunately, I don't know why, though, because I think Here and After by Immolation is the greatest death metal album almost ever. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't yeah. see Immolation until the Death Fest, like two, three years ago. Go ahead. You, have the, so, yeah. you have the bitter for that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's that's just to illustrate because even myself in mapping out this episode, I kind of included like every region of upstate New York, and I do want to touch on it, but it shows how like you know I'm you know technically I'm a New Yorker, but it's very very far removed. You know, you have that that whole Yonkers thing that went on, and a lot of people you know I've ran into conversation with people out of state or wherever, and they will say, oh, I love New York death metal, you know, Mortician, and. They're, it's like they're accurate, but at the same time, like I want to give Yonkers the credit. I don't want people to think that somehow right. Mortician is from Long Island, just by association
4: yeah. with suffocation. You got to give Yonkers props, you know. Oh, big time, big time. I know, right? And and, and especially us nerds when we when we have to get into detail huh, when you mention, when when you're mentioning bands, right? Because like you said, I mean, New York, New York is fucking huge, right? It just goes everywhere. Oh, yeah. But if, even even within New York, a lot of those bands sound different so you have to be super specific because then you can start picking out you know you can tell you know mortician and malignancy and that kind of stuff is you know fucking brutal and you know suffocation and then that kind of area right and yeah yeah, it's it's insane man so it's so like you said somebody just brings up oh I love New York death metal and it's like well so do I but what (laughs) what band what what area what regions? what uh, let's get into
0: it yeah, it's kind of like saying Texas death metal. It's like, which there's a lot to it, man. Um And, right. and I, I did. I just didn't want to leave that part of the conversation now because people are going to say upstate New York. Um, but that you know, so Yonkers is really. It's not so far away from New York City. When you start heading up north of New York City in the five boroughs, you end up in Yonkers, Westchester County, and that sort of thing before you really hit like the real, like the 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 more rural. Uh, and, and suburban parts of, of upstate New York speed away limit, from New York 65. City that's yeah the drive the best speed best limit best when you go upstate if you don't 65. know man, yeah, they, well, they,
1: once it turns that that's the real difference different.
0: between downstate New York and upstate New York is whether right. you
4: can follow the speed limit or, or not and get a ticket um, 65 seems pretty fast, no? It's usually 55 everywhere, isn't it?
1: No, once you get once you get up there on the throughway, man, 65.
0: Yeah.
4: Just don't. Wow. A little bit past yeah. the city. They yeah. don't play 80 in Troy, New York. That's all I'm going to
0: say. <laughs> right, I, learned, I learned that one the hard <laughs> way.
1: That's true, yeah. yeah. And, uh, them them routes be taking you through different uh, towns where there's, uh, you know, a one grocery store for uh, a 300-mile radius. Stewart's. stewards, Stewart's. Yeah. Right? Stewart's. Stewart's. <laughs> they also sell gas. But I, you know, be careful. That's uh, what I'm saying,
0: and and uh, uh, you know, so we covered Yonkers. Just a few more things I want to get into before we wrap it up.
4: Um, uh, we we ended up, we ended up missing the whole '90s, late '90s era there when we were talking about uh, how death metal was dying, but in the underground, it was resurging with brutal death metal. Talk
0: about it, because you're Let's absolutely go. right, and that is part of the conversation. I've always said. That the 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 late '90s like developed like United Guttural Records, rest in peace oh, to Rich
4: Lipscomb, ba- rest in peace Rich, yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: and that that is like United Guttural Records is just symbolic of the whole worldwide guttural brutal movement that was going oh, on geez. at that point, and um, uh, uh, I've always said that that. The reason for that, I think, or something that drove death metal to get so extreme and brutal at that point, was because it did go out of fashion. Uh, you know, from the yep. early in the early 90s, it was like the big death metal gold rush, and everyone thought that you could make death metal, and Columbia Records was going to sign your band, and da-da-da. <laughs> and once that was over, it was like, well, let's just see how fucking sick we can make right. it. And that's how you get United Gutter Yeah,
2: it's the people who just want to make that brutal music. They're, not, yeah. they're the, the box has been removed. Exactly. Be, that, that's like, like oh. you know, we talk about this all the time in the show, like the idea of when things become popular, it kind of loses its magic. And it's not because, you know, uh, you, you don't have that special little thing. It's just that there's too many bands doing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's true. And then, yeah, you have the three U you labels you know it was united guttural unique, unique leader, leader and unmatched brutality you and those three labels like just yes. taking american death metal to the next level that's a future jeopardy question <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so what and you have to you have to you have to give props to uh, morbid records also which i believe what they were was it out of it denmark Germany. I, I that's right. See, I always associated morbid more with that gore grind, the hemorrhage, the right, infection. But, and... but they had Dying Fetus. Wow, you're right. That's crazy. Killing on adrenaline, man. That's when I first heard it, man. I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting review copies from Morbid Records. It was Nictophobia, uh, uh Dying Fetus, Hemorrhage, and uh, Agathicals, uh, I believe. Uh, I forget which album it was, though. But, um, yeah, man, that Dying Fetus, though, man, I was like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. Like, this is, and, and I know they've been around for a few years beforehand. I just, I, I, did, I didn't hear about them. Yeah. And, uh, yes. But hearing that album, man, I, I I even turned on, like, a bunch of, like, new metal and hardcore guys onto fucking Dying Fetus because they had the appeal. Yes. Yeah, right? they did. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: that is how I got turned on to Dying Fetus. <laughs> Yes, but as I a, a new down, metal man. guy. It's funny, For you sure.
0: mentioned uh, uh War Criminal Views, was that the album? Oh, my
4: God, what man. What a brutal, brutal amazing grindcore album. That album. Nobody. That is the one of the greatest grindcore albums. I literally will put my stamp on it up there with Napalm and, yeah. like, Jesus Rice man, that album is unbelievable.
0: Oh, yeah. For, I've talked about, I think, once before on the pod, Nyctophobic, War Criminal Views is the album. The listeners really got to go back and check that one out, man. Beautiful yes, album.
4: Man. But, right. yeah, that whole 90s, man, and all of a sudden, um, I caught wind of United Gutteral through uh, Rotting because Rotting was from um, New Market, which is about an hour and ten minutes from here. So we ended up when we were doing our radio show again the one that that CD was in in the station. So what my myself and, and Metal Dan would do is uh, after the show we would fucking stick around and you know smoke a couple of joints and then just go through the whole library and see what was com- what was there, right? So then all of a sudden I was like rotting what the fuck is this rotting band, right? So I look it up and United Roll. And then it said new market, so I ended up writing to him or calling them actually, and uh, I ended up booking them down here a couple times. And then they they played with my my other band uh, Coffin Rot, not the new Coffin Rot, it was actually the original Coffin Rot. Okay. Um, so then he ended up bringing down a couple CDs. So he gave me Dead in Hymns of the Sick, and Skinless Progression Towards Evil. And I was like, uh, that solidified the United guttural right there. I was like, holy crap, this label has got everything. <laughs> so brutal. Now, you
0: just said a name, and it's a band that really has waved the flag for upstate New York death metal for
4: a long time. Skinless. Yeah.
0: What, what's your first exposure <clears throat> to Skinless?
4: Uh, that progression towards evil in the parking lot when Corey from Rotting gave it to me. Literally. He handed me the CD and I put it in. We were hanging out for a bit before he had to take off and uh, it blew my mind and that album just rushed me. And unfortunately, I don't like any of the albums after that. Ooh. Oh, really?
0: Well, that's that's a hard opinion, but I'll respect it. Oh, you... uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give that to you. But, um, yeah, Shout out to
1: Sherwood, friend yeah, of the
2: show. Sher-
0: Sherwood mm-hmm. Weber, former He's guest gonna of the change. show. He's going to
1: hack our shit again.
0: Yeah, yeah, Sherwood <laughs> Weber's always hacking our files. It's crazy, man, but Uh, shout to him um we had him as a guest on the show change the passwords
1: tom change the passwords.
0: check that out and and, uh again if you want a little bit more of the history of the upstate uh, uh death metal scene we had to we had to talk skinless though and um you know albany new york seems so far away to me but that's almost uh uh it's a little bit further away from you i think i don't i don't think it's quite the halfway
4: point right yeah, I'm not too sure, man. I'm kind of geographically dumb, unfortunately. Ah, so we'll so. Uh, my, you're right. I, you're
1: right. My my busted ass Cherokee. We can all drive up there, brother. Yeah, we can all get there.
4: I we I can't more, get back,
1: but we can get there.
0: <laughs> I learned more about geography today than I did in high school. Just just preparing for this episode, but uh, the reason I bring up the capital area, Albany, is the last few bands mm. that I wanted to bring up that, that I have on my list here. Didn't want to leave out uh tentacles um and an associated act mucopus uh that yeah. features some of the some of the same music shout out to ernie i remember uh my friend ernie that was in those bands many years ago good guy um and another associated act dysentery who everybody
4: should know who's listening oh, to this podcast yes. yeah again uh, that yeah that's all amputated vein bands too yep amputated vein beautiful label yeah, yeah. totally yeah. um I, w- I became familiar with those guys. Um, I run a I run a, a digital distribution for uh, some uh, amputated vein bands and stuff like that. So uh, Ma- Masaki, I believe the guy's name is Masaku or whatever. Uh, he ended up sending me, you know, obviously a, a drop folder full of fucking bands to put up. And Muckapus was and the century were uh, a couple of those bands, and I was like, holy shit, man! And those guys are th- those guys are New Yorkers uh yeah
0: they were from uh, oh the albany area oh. yeah huh. M- mucopus yeah <laughs> yeah many many years ago um uh my band buckshot facelift we played in albany with tentacles uh and that's where i met some of those guys um and uh, uh they later a few of them ended up uh being in mucopus and if I'm not mistaken, the singer uh, is the same singer as um, Dysentery. That's uh, the homie Scott Savaria of Dysentery was uh, also in Tentacles uh, ba- back in the day. But but uh, regardless, um, I just wanted to uh, to give a little shine to the Albany area. That's kind of like the last thing I mapped out for this episode tonight. Obviously, the focus is on the way upstate, northern region of uh, Rochester and Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and everything for you. Cool, cool. It's been so, fun. So now that we talked about that, and I hope the listeners had their notepads out, everyone loves to go back and check out these. I'm sure if you go to Ken's Death Metal Crypt, he's got more than half of that stuff on there. Uh, Christ, demos yeah. from all those. He, he probably does. We both know it. Um, but let's talk about the Growl documentary for a little bit. We had you on here. You shared your knowledge. You shared your anecdotes. You incriminated yourself, allegedly. Yeah. right at the top there. <laughs> but... But um, uh, I want to give you the floor now because uh, people should know by now, uh, and it's fairly evident on your social media that you are behind a documentary, the Growl documentary about the history of death metal. If I got it right, are, are you're working with uh, Rabbit Dog Films. That's 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 our production company. Yep.
4: Okay, and, and, and talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, well. We Rabbit Dog Films. uh, My partner Phil Patterson. He's been doing uh, productions for a while. He's making horror movies and working with uh, all kinds of uh, cool little productions in the air in our Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, Toronto area kind of thing. So um, I met Phil uh, back in I think 2004 when uh, Fan Expo. One of our big uh, Comic-Con conventions in Toronto uh, was uh, being affiliated with uh, Rue Morgue magazine. So they were bringing the horror conventions over there. So I ended up meeting Phil there. He was working on a movie called Versus the Dead at the time. And uh, I was just doing some media stuff for you know, Morgue magazine, uh, doing some video uh, interviews and stuff like that. So. Huge horror guys. And that was the first year George Romero came to Toronto there to, to sit down with everybody. So uh, so I met him there. And a few years went by. He did his stuff. You know, I was doing my things or whatever. And it was it was around 2000. I think it was 2011. We were at our buddies. I'm, I'm just going through Rabbit Dog History right now, if that's okay right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah so a buddy of ours puts a convention on in london ontario called shock stock and uh if you guys are familiar with uh, cinema wasteland in ohio um it's kind of like the greasy grimy of the horror conventions okay. so uh our friends are, do the same thing because they're they go over to cinema wasteland all the time it's just go over get bottle rockets and fireworks and bring them back here and then we all have fun over here allegedly so, yeah, Cam, allegedly.
0: Cam, you're crazy on here, Cam. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Allegedly. Yeah,
4: shout out to all
1: police officers. We're just kidding. Yeah, we're just kidding.
4: <laughs> so, uh, so, shock so stock was going on, and Phil was working on a, a project called, uh, well, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead Live uh, stage play. Huh. So,. Um, during that convention, there we all ended up hanging out and you know reconnecting and and partying and stuff like that. And they brought me on as um, as a uh, behind the behind the scenes guy doing filming and, and setting some shit up and whatever like that. So I became a little more affiliated with that. And then we ended up working with George Romero, and that was fucking unbelievable. Wow. So whoa uh, whoa, whoa 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 whoa
0: whoa slow whoa, whoa. slow down. Talk about George Romero a little bit. Don't just breeze over that. Well, I mean, I worked with my Uncle Phil and it was great one time, one summer, but I didn't work with George Romero. Hold on, Talk about George Romero a little bit.
4: So these guys ended up um, putting together uh, an idea for Night of the Living Dead Live, which was do the play, but make it black and white. So paint everything gray, scale, white, black, all that kind of stuff. Right. Great idea. So I ended up jumping on board to, you know, to try to get this going. So what those, these guys did was, let's do this play. Unfortunately, it's uh, in public domain, so let's give it back to these guys, right? So Russ Striner, um, John Russo, and George Romero. We got guy, the guys. So they ended up calling up John Russo and Russ Striner. They were more easily accessible because they did a lot of the the convention circuits. So they got uh Phil and his partner at the time in touch with George and George totally agreed. It's like it's a great idea. It's, this is fun. And uh we let, they were pretty much just like we want to do this because we know you've gotten screwed since the movie came out. You haven't received anything because unfortunately they screwed themselves at the time. So let's we want to give it back to you so they were totally humble and they were like oh you know thank you very much this is this is really cool you know percentages whatever so we ended up putting together this play in toronto and it ran a few it ran two seasons uh, unfortunately it didn't it wasn't a success Um, I don't know why but I think it was more just because the advertising we didn't have a marketing advertising it was all spent obviously on building this fucking project and this play right so so Phil and his partner whatever like that uh, they did the best they could keeping this thing alive and putting it together but unfortunately uh, Evil Dead the musical was the the big one that was going on in Toronto and that was Mervish Theatre, which is the big theater company in Toronto, they they jumped on board. So their advertising budget was as big as their production, and our advertising budget was not as big as our production. So unfortunately, whatever whoever saw the play were the real horror fans that read it in the magazines and were in the underground.
2: Right. So those who had uh, to see it. Hey, um, just real quick too, one thing I want to ask, uh, just. So I've heard about this George Romero getting screwed out of the whole Night of the Living Dead thing, and that was because of a, um, a copywriting issue, correct?
4: Right. They originally called it the movie Night of the Anibis. So they copywrote that. And then when they went to uh, start production and everything... The company that wanted to take it in for distribution was like, uh, we don't like the title of that, come up with something else. So then they were like, ah, oh, what about Night of the Living Dead? They are like, oh, this is perfect. So then they went on to shoot it and then put it out and everything like that, and they didn't copyright it. It's, it's crazy. So
2: that, the, the most movie. famous, like, the most influential zombie movie of all time made the creators no money. Nothing. That's crazy.
4: Wow. Sucks. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, it's tr- truly, so that's what happened. truly yeah. a parallel to death metal. <laughs> no, <money>. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but but anyway, it's OK. So past George or whatever. So we ended up working yeah. with George. He lived in Toronto. Um, so I didn't I didn't get to hang out with George as much as Phil and his partner did. They were because they were the two guys behind the whole project. So they ended up going to hang out with George and his house and, you know, actually becoming good friends with George and stuff. Um, I hung out with his wife a lot too, which was fucking unbelievable. And I do have some uh, some clothes from George that she passed on to us and whatever like that. So uh, that's kind of sitting in a little time capsule right now. But, um, anyways, so George loved the play, and that was that. So that company fizzed out after the play died because you know it, it wasn't successful, and we're just like, yeah, splitting ways. So. Phil brought Rabbit Dog. Was thinking about bringing, you know, his love for, you know, schlocky grindhouse horror movies and stuff, and that's totally right up my alley. So I was like, Phil, let's bring Rabbit Dog back. Let's bring Grindhouse. Let's bring fucking, you know, good '70s exploitation, '80s. Let's bring it back. So uh, we started doing uh, Rabbit Dog films and started filming some stuff, music videos, and blah blah blah. So jump to a few years later and the conventions are kicking in um, so a friend of ours works at a um, movie distribution called raven banner and he they deal with um some and documentaries uh, the thor documentary um and a few other uh heavy metal documentary stuff so Looking at all the things on the, on the wall that he's selling at the conventions, and I was like, "Like Sean, man, like, where's any, anybody ever talking about a death metal documentary or anybody ever hinting this or anything like that? And he's like, nobody said anything. I'm like, dude, let's do it right now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm calling it. Let's do it. Nobody's bringing the history. Nobody's doing it properly. You got Banger TV doing all their, you know, Headbanger Journey and Global Metal. And then that's really it. Like, they kind of stopped and then just got big and started doing all the big stuff. So, why don't we be the guys on the underground to bring true stories on the road, zines, fanzines, tape trading, all that stuff. I love it. Let's do it. So, then that's kind of how we got it started, like, four years ago now.
0: Wow. And, And I know with the growl, you were compiling footage, you were traveling, getting interviews from people. And yeah. the pandemic kind of put a, a thorn in your side of uh, 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 a wrench in the gears for that plan, so to speak, like a lot of people, right?
4: Fucking suck ass, man. Because we were, I was hoping to be finished filming in September. So after the last Quebec Death Fest, we were supposed to sit down with Cam Lee and Fred Etzby from Dismember. Wow. Okay. And that, and, and that was supposed to be the finals, but we were, we're, we're still going to do it. Um, obviously, we still got to wait but uh, we're supposed to trip over to uh, hang out with the, the ladies from Durkata because uh, it can't just be a Sausage Fest documentary. Oh,
0: a shout so. out to uh, Mary Bielik and, uh, and uh, Shad. Yes. Yeah, we, we've had uh, both of them on the show. Uh, absolutely Beautiful. Oh, yeah, man, all, Ma- yeah. amazing people. Great yeah, ladies. Really I, I apologize uh, m- at least once a month or twice a month uh, to Mary Bielik for referencing meat and leather on the show. Shout <laughs> out to her um, and all of our oh. vegan listeners.
4: So we're just waiting to, you know, to get down there and Jill from Funeris is going to sit down too. So we're going to have like a, a really cool female round table Sweet. and, uh, you know, talk about the old days, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we, I think we were going to do a little Ohio in there too. And then um, finish up, like I said, finish up with the, the, the Quebec Death Fest, but everything got halted, everything. So... We got fucked and um uh, so in the meantime I just did a bunch of, you know, screaming interviews just to pass the time for the time being. And uh I think probably in the middle of the documentary we'll probably just, you know, we'll 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 do the COVID halt and then show a couple of clips from the interviews that I that I was doing in my basement here with all with everybody. And uh yeah, that's probably it. But yeah, this fucking shit, man, it's killing me, man. It's killing, it's killing us.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been tough, man. And for, you know, for the listeners, what he's talking about, I, I think there's a big crossover just in terms of content and the type of guests we cover. But if people don't know, they can always check out the Growl Documentary YouTube channel. We've mentioned it before. And you, like you said, you have a whole bunch of interviews. Um, some with people, uh, we, we do have a few crossovers where we've had guests that you've had. And uh, a lot of other people that I think people, if people are listening to our podcast, they might be
4: interested in, in some of your guests that you've had. Absolutely. So that's good. Oh, that it was, was so fun, out. man. It was so fun just because, I mean, just like all of us, man, you know, everything gets shut down. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. So I, you know, I had a, I had a few extra pops. I had a few extra doobies and uh, I started getting a little bored and I'm like, man, like, I just I need to fucking still do some interviews like like this is killing me, man. So uh, obviously, just from you know over the years and just you know becoming friends with as many people as as, as we can throughout. Uh, I was just like, hey, man, you want to just let's do a Facebook chat and let's stream some interviews or whatever. So I ended up killing myself for a month and it was almost two months. I did was a forty. I think I did forty six interviews. Yeah, you were you were going nuts there, man. I was going nuts. <laughs> well, because I mean, like literally, like I'm, I'm the type of guy who, like, I just I, I always want to do stuff. I, there's 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 too much to do, not enough time. So during all this, I was like, well, I'll, I'll make this my job for now, kind of thing, right? So you know, scheduling these interviews, getting a hold of everybody, you know, making the little graphics, and you know, and then putting it up, and and then all that stuff. But literally, man, for for that month, almost two months, I fucking burned myself out so bad. I don't think I've been burned out like that. That last interview I did with uh, with Chris, Chris Reifert, um, as much as I love, I loved, you know, it was unbelievable sitting down with a legend. I mean, obviously uh, uh, through the internet, but being able to talk with him and stuff like that, I I drank so fucking much <laughs> liquor that night, man. I was fucking <laughs> I was wasted by the end of it. I was like, dude, like, man, you, like, you're awesome. Man. <laughs> it's because I was so fucking burnt out. By the time yeah. that interview came up, I was just like, I, like, I literally didn't want to do it. I was so fucking tired. I was like, oh my god, I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But obviously, it's Chris Reefer so it's like, yeah, of yeah. course, I'm gonna do it.
2: <laughs> you're psyched to do it, but also, like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we've all been there. You know, you just yeah, know you that. just burnt out, and uh, even the the best possible scenario for what you could do that day, you're just not up for anything.
4: You know? I wasn't. I totally wasn't. But I mean, it, it went over awesome too, anyways. And uh, his internet was kind of goofy, so it was kind of like uh, you know, it worked out anyways. So it was pretty funny because every every time every time the uh, every time the stream uh, uh, was buffering, ended up doing a shot. Ended up doing a shot. <laughs> oh man. Dude. Dude, I think I went through almost a 26er fucking, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, we have this this whiskey, this Canadian whiskey. I forget what it's called. And I fucking almost <laughs> went through a 26er in, in an hour and a half. Like, it was fucking stupid. Damn, man. So, oh my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, whoa, whoa, yo, whoa, yo, whoa, okay, we're, the interview's coming to an end right now. Like, uh, uh fuck. So... So, that was
0: good. Luckily, um, uh, luckily, we only record our show once, maybe twice a week, man. But I I, <laughs> I can imagine it because, you no, know, it gets you know, as much as we love death metal and we love talking about it, there's only so much you could do, man, at a time. You know, yeah, it gets, totally. It gets, gets right? tedious,
4: you know, trying to uh, keep on top of everything. Um, yeah, it's fun. But, but, I mean, it's just – but, like, I just – I want to do stuff, right? And I want to show people, you know, that there's more uh, going on than – it was, it, it was nice to sit down with, like, some real underground dudes, like Roy Fox from Necroharmonic, and we got Steve-O from Impetigo, and, uh, like, there was a couple guys that weren't really, you know, they weren't interested, but they were kind of pumped because they noticed a couple of the other weird underground dudes that we had pri- prior to that, and, uh, and it's just, I don't know, the stories are fucking really cool, man, if you want to just go back and check all that stuff out. Oh,
0: yeah, man, I mean, that's the whole reason we do our show. And like I said, for the listeners, I mean, if you're a listener of the Heavy Hole podcast, there's definitely some uh, related content you could find on the Growl YouTube channel and some, some guests that you'll be interested in listening to as well. And when we, we talk about that's not all you do, though, um, uh, we mentioned it before that you're selling some merchandise. Get into a, a little bit exactly what you have available that people can purchase from you and uh, how they can go about
4: doing that. okay well yeah what else do i do (laughs) i love i love the movie i love horror movies i love fucking metal so i'm trying to get my hands in as much shit as possible so it's with again with cdn records um i was like let's do some collaborating and start bringing some old shit back that you know, hasn't been touched in 30 years. So, we've been putting out uh, all kinds of crazy shit, like we put out the Obscurity, um, Eternal Torment, grotesque infection, carnal dissection, the two demos we put out. Um, working with uh, Paul Speckman, we put out a couple master tapes. Uh, Frightmare, if you're familiar with Frightmare. Well, yes. Frightmare. Uh, um,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, you, you're, you're pressing all our buttons right now, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Paul Speckman, another former guest of the
4: show. Man, nice guy. Dude, Maniac Neil from fucking Frightmare and Blood Freak, dude. Like, yeah. out, out of nowhere, man. And I mean, like the, like the early 2000s, that whole Razorback Records era, man. Mm. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. That changed. Like, I was like excited again for fucking death metal. Like, it, well, I mean, it, it this ghoul The cool
0: came out of there. That's what some people yeah. might not realize. There's something very magical
2: about that. Like, you know, Frightmare, Blood Freak. Razorback record Mm -hmm.
4: releases. There was some stuff. Relish, Machetazo. Totally, totally, man. Like everything that came out, man, was like was perfect. It It was was perfect. Very, very well curated label. Yes. Um, So we ended up putting out the the Midnight Murder Mania album, and coming up, uh, we're putting out the Bringing Back the Bloodshed. That's coming out soon. But um, to get a hold of some stuff. Um, I guess just contact us through the growl, growlmovie.com. That's our website or whatever. And if you don't see stuff up on, uh, on the site itself, uh, just email us and, uh, you know, I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, go through what I have and, uh, see what's available. Cause I still got some grotesque CDs and some other stuff and, uh, and then the movie that we made for, uh, for full moon, uh, two years ago. That's uh, that's available for purchase also for all your horror fans out there if you uh, you know what Full Moon Entertainment is. Okay, I'm not familiar. Oh, so obviously you're familiar with the Puppet Master? Yes. Uh, Demonic Toys? Yes, okay. Trancers? That one, I'm
2: drawing a blank. Isn't Trancers uh, Cronenberg? No. No,
4: I'm thinking no. of something else. Up, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, no. No. Not a Cronenberg. But, um, but so, that's,
0: that's a production company.
2: I I yeah, know Trans. Moon. Oh, Transers is All right, I'm not. i gonna shut up. Actually, I know. I see him. I know I watched this movie. But either way, you don't watch horror right. movies.
4: I watch the horror movie. Quiet,
1: Tamba. The guest speak.
4: <laughs> so, uh, before they jumped into Full Moon, which uh, Puppet Master was their first big hit for them. Uh, they were Empire Pictures, so they did Ghoulies, uh, Reanimator, Ghoulies? Uh, Reanimators, Tourist Trap. Don't get me uh, started on Ghoulies right now, bro. Uh, Love uh, ghoulies. Oh. ghoulies. So, Charles Band ended up uh, putting out, uh, getting rid of Empire Pictures, and then Full Moon uh, kicked in, so the whole... Late '80s, early '90s, or up to even mid '90s, uh, full moon. Uh, everything was was absolutely just magical for that time. Like everything they put out was unfucking believable. Oh, so, uh, again, uh, being involved with the the scene and a bunch of our friends, uh, doing some. Uh, actually, our our good friend Chris Alexander. He ran Fangoria magazine for the last six years before it died, pretty much. Um, so he's been working with Full Moon lately and they decided to start a new project called The Deadly Ten. So they were trying to get 10 movies by 10 directors and like, I think it was in like, like two years or something like that. Like it was pretty ridiculous, actually. They didn't, it, they're not done yet. It's, yeah, it's still going, but we were hired on as Rabid Dog Films production company to help shoot his movie uh, Necropolis Legion and Necropolis was originally done by Empire Pictures in the 80s so he brought it back and it's a reimagining and it's not really the same movie just but is his new story so we ended up shooting this movie for Full Moon Entertainment um, and it came out on DVD just after the summer and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're Necropolis big fans Legion. of fucking horror movies, man. Necropolis Legion is the name. Necropolis Legion, yep, yeah, totally. thin Lowry's in it. She was in, um, Shivers. That's a David Cronenberg movie. Okay. She was in Shivers. Uh, I Drank Your Blood and Crazies. George Romero's Crazies and couple other 70s 70s movies okay okay um wow
0: okay i didn't realize there was going to be such a big tie-in to the horror movie uh industry that's great man we love talking about that from time to time
4: and 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 that's only a little bit still (laughs) i've there's there's i've I've done a couple other things too man i'm fucking oh my god like i said man i just want to i just want to try to do as much as i can with everybody man it's just because like the industry that we're in and the eras that we're in right now like i'm noticing you know there's so many re-releases of everything because now everything is 30 years old, 40 years old, that kind of stuff, right? So everything that we were into as kids, you know, that's that's fucking that's old nowadays pretty much. So this new generation with all the VHS kids and all this stuff, right? They missed everything. They missed all that era. All they keep talking about is Blockbuster, and I fucking hate Blockbuster. I think this is the worst place in the fucking world. They've ruined mom and Pa shops. That's pretty much what happened. Oh. So, and so now, everything is getting re-released, and there's a huge market for a lot of this stuff—the underground B-movies and all this kind of stuff. So, I'm, I, I, you know, reaching out to you know a few people, a few distribution companies, and whatever like that, and I uh, ended up. We ended up putting out this one it's a canadian film not many people know of it it's like a documentary mockumentary kind of thing called splatter architects of fear from the 80s -hmm. and it was shot in toronto and it turns out that my good friend worked with this one producer on this movie so he got me in touch with this guy and then i found a production company and i was like hey i got this movie oh my god you got splatter architects of fear let's put it out So we put it out on DVD, we did the commentary and all this, and then uh, ended up helping this company get uh, Deadly Prey, if you're familiar with that movie. No, no, you're schooling me right now. Oh, man, one of the greatest, stupidest action flicks to ever (laughs) happen. Deadly Prey. And he ended up doing another movie, too, called Killer Workout around the same time. And, uh, yeah, I ended up helping get those, those re released too and everything. So like, man, I'm just, I, I I just, want to do everything, man. I love this shit. I love doing this stuff. And especially like, you know, doing all these re-releases with, with the, the demos and CDs. And, uh, now the merch, I, I've worked, started working with my one buddy. He's got a t-shirt company. And, uh, now we're handling, uh, merch for all the releases that we've been putting out, like the carnal dissection and disgorged and, we got the old Baphomet stuff. We've been putting out Baphomet stuff again, um, so we're starting to put out all these T-shirts and uh, three-quarter sleeves and all this other stuff too is coming out. So, man, I just want to do everything, dude, and I don't want to work for anybody anymore. So, it's hustle, or, hustle or go home, right? That's a, a common sentiment I'm hearing more and more lately, man. We we applaud you for that.
0: Uh, yeah, hustle um, or
1: go homeless. That's that's what I say.
0: And. Uh, yes. The, the, the one last thing I'm going to ask you Just to close out Cam um, We appreciate your time And, and you, you recommended us so many classic Upstate New York death metal bands That we talked about just now And can- a few Canadian bands Right now at the end like we always do with our guests We want to ask you to recommend one older classic album And one newer album by anybody you want They can be from anywhere it doesn't have to be New York It uh, doesn't even have to be metal Just recommend us something old and
4: something new Jeez. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You put me on the spot. It's all right. Something Got that old. edit button. Yeah, we can Something edit. Something uh, I've been really digging uh, this guy, Punky Meadows. He's in this band called Angel. Uh, they are kind of – they kind of started out in the early 70s as – I'm not gonna say proto prog kind of rock, but it's kind of AOR in a sense too. Um, oh, what the fuck? I think the album, first album is just called Angel. And let's see, I'm just looking at my records right now. Uh, this album just kind of just kind of crept up for me out of nowhere. I'm a big AOR guy. I love fucking stupid shit like, what do you say? Even like Survivor. I'm going to say Survivor is one of the big bands, one of the AOR bands, right? Everybody knows uh, Burning Heart from Rocky and all that kind of shit, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I love the keyboards. I love that rock. I love the, the movie Rad. That soundtrack there is probably some of the greatest fucking AOR songs ever. Fuck
1: I it, love it that. dude. Right, Sounds no. like the band Rat. Which I love I, as well.
4: Oh, I
0: love.
1: Everybody rack. looked at me in the room. I'm gonna, be, I'm like gonna be
0: the dumb one here. What's
4: AOR? Arena rock. Okay. Right. Album oriented rock is what it's supposed to be, but AOR is is kind of like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Survivor is the band. Like if you're gonna say AOR, you say Survivor, right? Mm-hmm. They got the keyboards. Right. They got the, the you know the driving choruses. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and and over the top, and that kind of stuff, right? Like it's total '80s uh, montage music. So yeah, it's like, it's like uh, Queen, Queen for tough guys. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> tough, dude! It's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would, I would say, look up Angel, that band Angel. The first okay. couple out are unbelievable. All right, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. To the heavens. And, it totally is. Totally is, man. Uh, for new stuff, fuck. that's fucking hard. Actually, um, there's. I'm. I'm huge into. I guess you can say late '80s, early '90s R&B dance.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm. I'm right, so I'm.
4: Intrigued. I'm. I'm. i I'm I'm, I'm. I'm gonna say it. I love fucking Bobby Brown. Yeah. I'm a Huge Bobby Brown fan. That album, okay. oh my god, front to back is one of my favorite albums probably ever. It's so good.
1: Yeah, front front to the back backhand uh, across his wife's face, of course. Yeah, <laughs> whoa, really whoa. Good, really good that,
0: album. That's it. Uh, you know, when Bobby Brown left New Edition, it right? was like it was like when you cut off a snake's head and it, and it grows two more because it really allowed Ralph Tresvant to to blossom and come into his own. Wow, as the lead man in new there edition. You go, there you go, there you go. No, it's I not, mean, it's go, not new though. Go back and all... look for that. If Justin, you're just drunk. You don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about. You don't Wait, know we're talking edition. about. We're talking about. he
1: just, you just named an old record. Now we're talking about new. That, but We're talking about Bobby Brown.
0: This is crazy. We're talking about new edition. Ra- all right, yeah. Ralph Tresvant. Look, if you go back and look at the video, all right, for if it isn't love, you used to wasn't
1: crying in that video. You really see Ralph
0: Tresvant coming to his own as the lead singer. Of new yeah. edition and and it worked, man. And he went on to be one of the more respectable members through the years. If you look at you know the yeah. things they got into,
4: it's so good. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. so then I ended up jumping into I guess uh, I guess part of it would be like the new retro wave. There's that genre now too, where it's that '80s inspired. Oh fuck, that's 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 a whole another genre I fuck talk about. Yeah, like that synth uh, wave stuff. Yeah, yeah, the keyboardies. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff, oh, yeah, right? Carpenter so,
2: Brut and Dance of the Dead and stuff.
4: Yeah, uh, Miami Nights 1984, uh, mm-hmm. uh that kind of stuff, right? So, there's I, I ended up doing a bunch of digging so there's this one band called Cheap Talk and it's a female singer and it's got an 80s inspired like retro vibe and it's got a little bit of dance, R&B-ish, but they recorded this tape this album on a four-track tape nice Close and time. it sounds exactly like a fucking late 80s R&B style album it's unbelievable it's, it's it's crazy it, it just came out of nowhere man and I, I, I keep keep cranking this album all the time
3: oh,
2: and it's
4: sold out on tape because that's the only way it came out so goddamn! I gotta, gotta just- eat that. That sounds that sounds right up my alley.
2: Yeah, Will. It sounds like you haven't heard this,
0: but it's your favorite thing in the world. It sounds like I like it. I don't know if Justin would like it. I know <laughs> I would like it. Is, uh, was that
1: put out on a? Was that independently put out or was that on a label or anything? Yeah. No, that
0: yeah, was independent. Good follow up question, Justin. <laughs> Hang uh, attention so- over there, Justin.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just trying to hear what it is, man. Yeah
0: trying to make sure he buys it so we can show it off next week.
1: I just want to know what it is, You're dude. the real fan. All right. Dude. I just want to feel the power, <laughs> man. Listen, before
0: we dissolve the
4: podcast team in real time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, there's – Cheap there's, there's, talk. Well, I guess.
0: Cam,
1: uh, Rages beat Buffalo, 4-3. Uh, so Ca- cannibal Cam
0: <laughs> Schwartz. We appreciate your time tonight, brother. We you know, all, all joking aside, we appreciate your time. Thank you for Fat joining thing. us, Cannibal Cam Schwartz of the Growl documentary, formerly, as you said, of the band Mangled. Um, yeah. We appreciate all your insight into upstate New York and uh, and just in general, worldwide death metal history tonight. It was great chatting with you, man. Sweet
4: man, thank you, man. I love this shit, man. I can talk. <laughs> I want to talk all day, man. And and I don't get to talk about it enough. I love I love my lady and everything like that, but. I mean, I can't talk about grotesque infection to her. Like, like what What? what does she know, right? So. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, that's how
1: I feel. But that's my relationship with Will, actually.
4: It's, it's time to have <laughs> those. You got to
0: have those difficult conversations. That's what makes the relationship grow. You know what I mean? It's like, t- you know, like. you. But gotta I want to
6: talk about it all the time, though. That's the problem. You got to have right, those talks
0: about how about triggered drum sounds mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, how you don't want to let them in, infect your, your relationship, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah you know how you know many how many good marriages have been ruined because of highly quantized drums
4: oh guaranteed guaranteed and 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 we can blame sugar for all that if yeah. I could
0: breathe, I could talk right now but
4: yeah somebody's some drummer's
0: wife is listening back to the album, and she's like that, that I don't even know if that's used it doesn't even sound like you anymore, you know all right, okay. <laughs> All right, well, Cam, we wish like, you... Like, and like,
6: my
1: fiancé is like, uh, you're a guitar player. Why can't I hear the guitar? And I'm like, because
6: Sugar plays drums also. <laughs> <laughs>
0: True story. All right, well... Sorry. Ca- <laughs> all right, ca- Cannibal Cam Schwartz, uh, we appreciate uh, your time again, like we said, brother. We're going to be in touch as this episode goes up. And as we always say, we're going to give you the floor one last time. Just any last messages uh to uh, followers of your social media and awaiters of your documentary and listeners of our podcast. Yes, sir.
4: Um so like I said we're going to we're going to try to wrap up a couple more Canadians here uh just cuz we that's all we can do right now. But uh we're still we're still moving forward. Um we're working on what we can in the background as much as we can to try to keep everybody entertained. Um and yeah, we have are working on some horror stuff in the background. We we'll have some scripts going on, so that's happening. And yeah, I guess just say hi. I love <laughs> love to say hi and just whatever, man. Let's let's talk, and uh, that's all we want to do. Just hang out, just all be right. good dude. Awesome, man. I, I, well, from 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 one allegedly
0: good dude to a real good dude yourself. Uh, we, we appreciate your time cam uh thank you very much brother we're going to be in touch with you as this episode goes up in another week or two
4: killer thank you very much thank you for talking to me i need to talk about this stuff <laughs> oh, yeah man uh,
1: thanks buddy <laughs> thanks for taking the time
4: yeah but no it's uh, all, all kidding. we, we can we could
0: we could we could stop being professional now yeah Because the interviews <laughs> over but but th- uh thank
4: you very much Cam. it was really good talking to you man i think this will be a great right episode on. for everybody yes sir appreciate it man awesome thank you thank you thank you so let's just keep it going and keep metal alive hell yeah man oh yeah I'll,
0: I'll, I'll shoot you a message out when the episode's about to go up bro all right you got it man let's pump the shit out of it <laughs> hell yeah man. Awesome, ha- man have a good night brother be good man ciao <laughs> that was our interview with cannibal cam Schwartz uh the man behind the growl documentary you can check out like he said it's in production covid slowed it down unfortunately but you can check out his interview series on youtube the growl documentary youtube channel um and you can also go to his uh, his website uh dot com. got merchandise t-shirts all sorts of slick stuff for you there um it was a nice day out today, guys. Right? It sure was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, Justin, their notes. Sunny days, everybody loves them. Mm-hmm. I want to know, can you never again interrupt my train of thought when we get a guest on this show mm-hmm. who understands the subtleties of the Bobby Brown New Edition split? that took place in the 80s. Yeah,
1: I love you. I respect you, Will, so much, but I can't promise, like, anything. But it's, uh... But, uh... Man, uh, it's tense in here right now. Well, uh, okay. Okay, okay. All right, okay, I promise.
0: Okay. That's my prerogative. All right, I promise. That's my prerogative. All right,
1: right, I'll never interrupt you again. I'm sorry. That's my prerogative. I'm so sorry.
0: I guess I'm going to have to take control. I guess we're going to have to take control. If you count up how many song titles I just referenced, send them to the old podcast at gmail.com, and I'll Skype you a little uh, a goodnight kiss, okay? No, I, I don't get
1: I, I, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. say that maybe Janet Jackson's Control is like a better song about Control, but uh-huh. we'll, we could...
0: That's a different episode. That's, That's Save that for our deep dive in the sub <laughs> <laughs> 80s R&B and New Jack swing. All right? We're going to do that one day for the Patreon people. Shout out yes, to you. Yes. Uh, no, listen. G- getting back to uh, square one. Get back to seriousness here. Uh, no, shout out to Cam Schwartz. We appreciate him. Hell yeah. Uh, someone else that we appreciate. Uh, other people we appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who wants to call us up, holler at us. It's like Cam said. You know, you don't get to talk about this stuff with people anymore. You know, you don't get to go to shows and everything's online. It's nice to talk some shit. So, uh, you know, if you want to talk some shit, uh, here's some good examples to follow. Yeah, it's those
6: old, old babies out there. You know what I'm
5: saying? I love y'all. That's
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> wow, Tony Baldoni <laughs> Tony hiring Baldoni the Poconos Children's Choir <laughs> to serenade us what they they must be working on some sort of new ad campaign for his ski wear emporium. Right. Out there in the po the season's coming mm-hmm. to a close. Maybe they're having a closeout sale. Yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. If you're in the Poconos area, uh go go up there for your, your finest polyester uh fluorescent colors and pastel color ski wear. Tony Baldone and the Poconos children's choir, thank you very much. I feel
1: humbled uh, yeah. uh, on a part of uh, my co host and I on the Heavy hole podcast that that we were just uh, given that treat. We got another that, one here. That
0: candy cane right there. Is got, this a voicemail? <laughs> or, no, it was, it was Justin talking. Okay. Uh, hold on, I'm going to call.
5: Hey, this is Jim. I just listened to uh, an episode where, again, you guys had a rant about uh, how metal publications, uh, you know, online metal publications, don't have to write, write about memes. And, uh, you know, I was thinking... That's yeah. You know, that's like a good point. That's that's terrible. That doesn't help anybody. But you know, in a way, they do have to write about memes because they they have this model where, um, in order to be possible they have to like drive people to their site and get uh, impressions and uh, clicks and engagement. And you know the you know I don't know if they've ever tried, but um, they do something like an in-depth interview, like you were talking about, which. You know, it'd be awesome. You know, maybe they've tried it and they made less money than they just did, by like, some meme garbage. Um, and, you know, plus, they have to constantly produce stuff in order to bump with their model. I mean, I think it'd be great if, uh yeah, you know, somebody tried a form of that, like what you do on your podcast, except in writing and just ask for money from people. And I, you know, I think the, the world would be a better place. But, um, yeah, so, you know, great job, um, you know, doing what you do. Uh, sometimes I think superficially about why I listen to your podcast. Sorry, I'm walking through a tunnel here. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I, you know, I think my answer that comes to my head is like, oh, it's like format. You know, I could listen to it while, you know, I'm walking somewhere or, uh, you know, folding laundry or something like that, whereas, you know, when I'm on the computer, I need to do other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it was actually the, the depth there that you guys get I um, was like, doing these really detailed and very human talks with people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I should remember to support you on Patreon, uh, which I'll do... When I get home anyway thanks a lot uh I was a little unfocused uh but i hope you get the message thanks hey
0: jim yeah. thank you
1: jim yeah thanks Th- jim thank you for uh calling in while you were shoveling your driveway uh out of breath uh is really appreciated
0: yeah i get out of breath a lot too uh, Jim, I don't know if you are overweight like me, but we appreciate your insight. It's funny you mention. I'd be curious to know how old this guy is, Jim, because only be- for, the, for the fact that he said it would be a great idea if somebody did content like ours and put it in print and sold it for money. And I see what we're doing as kind of like the uh, like dystopian after-effect version of, of doing a zine. Like you used to, back in the day, we would be... Um, Uh, transcribing these and photocopying them in a clandestine manner at your Kinko's or FedEx whatever place you know and sending them out so it's like this this is the modern version of a zine that's how I've always kind of pictured it man so it's just it's funny we've gotten to this point where the modern version of a zine you would think would be like these websites Um, and I realize that that's the business model like it's a shame that you that they do have to just chase memes and, like, silly stuff and, like, what, what Corey Taylor's wife thinks about stuff, uh, you know, instead of really trying to give you more content with depth. But that, to me, it's something else I've ranted about in our Patreon rant vent episodes. Why be into underground death metal like 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 if you're going to like it's like the guy who's in a guttural blasting underground death metal band and and can't understand uh why why you know Lars Ulrich isn't sweeping him away on a private jet for Ozfest or whatever the fuck like it's kind of like well if you're covering death metal and black metal and you're not making the money, like, so go cover fucking, I, I don't what know, uh, little, yeah. little Pump and whatever the fuck else, you know, like, like, like that's where the money is for quote unquote music journalism. No, it's very know? true.
2: I mean, like, you know, we've seen things on the Blastbeat Network that are just like, they're not anything. It's not, it's just fluff. And they and you're right, it's a business model. They just have to work off clicks and have to sell Bluetooth or whatever the fuck they're selling uh, on the little side banners there. I don't know. We're not retiring on this. So we'd like yeah. to do it. You know, well, like we're is- not. This isn't a business model as it, as much as it is something that we enjoy.
1: We're we're currently not getting paid by any sort of advertisers or beholden or obligated to any sort of advertising model, which affords us the opportunity to uh, uh, talk the shit in which we we do. Yes,
0: um, uh, you could say the same about like ninety percent of the music we cover. You know that well. That's that's the crux yeah. right there. Is that these websites and and whatever that we talk about. They are trying to make a business model and make a profitable like uh, uh, career out of covering music where ninety percent of the artists do not ever make any money or make a career out of it. So right. I guess I think that's that's the disconnect. Is the music is really the only thing that metal has going for it underground on an underground basis is integrity. Yeah, you know that's yeah. the main selling point for metal is its integrity. And it's kind of like the opposite for the journalists. Now, I do got to say, we pick on them a lot. Over the weekend, I forgot, I was going to bring it up in, in the beginning. I, I did watch Cognitive on the Metal Injection Slay at Home series, I think. So, you know, the other side of that coin where they're just sharing memes and gossip and whatever else on Instagram is, you know, the Slay at Home series, I think, is... is um, uh, applaudable.
2: It's not without its value. But you know what? Yeah. You, you mentioned integrity. Let me tell you guys something. Um, Jim was not
0: pulling our leg. He did sign up for the Patreon. So uh, he's he's a man of his work. Jim Thank is you, a Jim's- man of integrity. Jim, call us up. We're going to help you shovel that snow next time. Well,
1: it's it's like all uh, online journalism, which are beholden to the advertisers. You know? right. So the same uh, gripes you have about news and integrity of journalism in politics, in current events and whatnot has kind of trickled into all of the, uh, po- uh, cultural things that you enjoy as well. And, uh, we are above all of that. Yes. And that's why you should continue to contribute to the Patreon of the heavy hole podcast, it's because very we will right not let you down. That is the most important takeaway that you can, uh, uh, fall asleep at night, uh, comfortably, uh, knowing.
6: All right. First of all, Big Will, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult your name and call you (laughs) Uncle Buck-eyed Cherry, eagle-eyed Cherry. Save tonight, fight the break, dawn. What? Come tomorrow, man. Tomorrow I'll be gone. (laughs) But for real, is is this guy challenging (laughs) me to a rap battle? You want a vent? Here's my fucking next vent. Is this a rap battle? I'm sitting here listening to the heavy hole. Every Friday, best part of my week, throw on the headphones, or the rest of the staff, do my work. End of the episode. Hey, let's get, let's get the vent line. None of you fucks have anything to vent about, listeners uh-huh. of the heavy haul? Uh-huh. This year sucks. I'm working my ass off. I'm sitting here. I'm going, when's the this, this pissed off guy gonna come on? No. I have to make a fool out of myself. Call in a third time Third time to say What the fuck guys? You yeah. got it so easy, you've been sitting around collecting unemployment for a fucking year straight. Oh. Fucking eating Cheerios in your fucking silk boxers sitting on your mom's sofa. Woo. Or are you just afraid? <laughs> Dial the number. That's the fucking vent about the fucking vent. Get
1: I have no notes at all. Uh, <laughs> save tonight. Uh, fight the break of dawn. Come tomorrow. That's the guy that
0: called me Buckeye Cherry. Yeah, dude. Tomorrow and i and I'll that, be did gone. He just rap. Was that was that Buck Cherry lyrics No, that
1: was Eagle Eye
2: Cherry. That's uh, save tonight. He's having too much fun. This guy is. Uh, yeah. This guy, listen. Listen, everyone, that's the new host. When I'm gone, he's taking over.
0: Yeah, vent. You know, he's got a point, man. All right. I know that you you motherfuckers are out there. You got nothing better to do with your time than listen to me talk about death metal. I'm pretty sure you got something in your life you could rant and rave about. All right. Call up the line. Get it off your chest. All right. Don't, Don't hit somebody. Don't abuse animals.
2: Oh, I, I don't. Promise.
0: Don't punch a hole in the wall at your parents' house. Don't do drugs, or don't, do drugs, but yeah. then
2: call the phone. Allegedly. You know we have a phone. Call, call up at, the vent line. Yeah, you want to call that number? It's 631-837-3274 That's and right. uh, you will find yourself perhaps famous.
0: Yeah, you could uh, diss Uncle Uncle Buck. You could call call him, <laughs> could rap battle Uncle Buck and call me all sorts of.
2: I just want Tony Baldone shit. to
0: call in all the time now. I I listen. Tony Baldone checked on the check in. We appreciate his time. He's a businessman. He's got a lot going on. They're having that. Uh, they're probably they're probably getting into the, the lawn furniture and the swimwear now because the ski season is going out. We wish him the best of luck. Local business guy up there, Tony Baldone. Thank you.
2: Right. Uh, I, you know, we've been running long tonight. I think we should wrap this one up.
0: Yeah, Tom Baldone runs long. That's what they say up there. Oh, boy. Oh. Listen. Uh, How long does he run? Heavyholepodcast.com. If you want to follow us on all the social <clears> media, <throat> if you want to chuck a couple of bucks our way like Jim did over there on the Patreon and get a couple of bonus episodes popping, you can. You can, you can do that. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Yes. And if you've been offended by the promo code, I'm sorry. You'll just have to enter it. Fake, fake joke, joke bands. bands. Heavyholepodcast.com slash shop. Get yourself a T-shirt to cover all your fucking wounds for being in that fake joke band. Yeah. And get yourself a patch. Maybe you want a patch to put on that sweatshirt that you have of that fake joke band that you rep. Maybe you want to cover it. And then you want to take that really nice girl to prom or something like that. But she won't let you because you're... They don't have prom anymore. Because you're wearing that we hat. Of that. You, you, you ain't got that Zoom prom date because you're wearing that hat of that fake joke band, which is the promo code heavyholepodcast.com I have a theory. Slash shop.
0: Yes. Justin, uh, you know how many tequilas more than you should have had tonight, I believe you had?
1: Will, that's a fun trick you're trying to play, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not How gonna many play. members? I'm left not gonna play new game. Man
0: back in the day I'm not and had successful solo careers. I'm not going to play It this was game, one, please. Justin. Only one. They all tried to go solo. Bill Biv DeVolo was a success, but Bill Biv DeVolo was not a solo act. Only one went solo, and with success it was Bobby Brown. How many members of New Edition had a successful
6: solo career after New Edition in the 80s? One.